This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Okay, normally that's the news intro. We'll uh, we'll try this again. Here we go. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, Kathy's out. Today is Friday, October 22nd. Good morning. Officials announced the body of Princeton University student Mizrak Uaniti was found on campus Thursday afternoon. She was 20 years old. It's a horrible story. Heartbreaking to see this. A facilities employee discovered her body near the tennis court around 1 p.m. Officials say that there were no obvious signs of injury and her death does not appear to be criminal in nature. Princeton's vice president of campus life released a statement Thursday saying Mizrak's death is an unthinkable tragedy. Our hearts go out to her family, her friends, and her many others, uh, and the many others who knew and loved her. According to her family, uh, she was last seen around 3 a.m. Friday by a roommate in her dorm after she had attended a gathering at Princeton's Terrace Eating Club. And her family had contacted the university on Sunday after they could not reach her all weekend before her body was found. Her brother spoke to CNN about his sister and the pain that their family feels. He had said, she's somewhere out there, she's not with us, and Every minute that passes, every second that passes, it's more painful than the last one. Uh, Her parents live in Ohio, and they say that uh, she was always in regular contact with them. The family grew frustrated as the days ticked by, saying that they had little communication from investigators. An autopsy will be performed to determine a cause of death. Princeton is planning a gathering to remember Miserec, and officials said that they do not believe that there is any threat to the campus community. You know, you deal with something like this and someone you love goes missing and I, I can't think of a more terrifying no. day-to-day living hell, you yeah. know, when, and you have no answers because they always say, all right, well, at least it brings a sense of closure, but there is something to be said for that because, you know, that your mind is just constantly reeling, telling you stories and it's it's a nightmarish existence, obviously, for the, for the, for the person who's passed. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, horrible as well, but it's just there's no good side to this. Exactly. Sad. Uh, Philadelphia police seized guns and drugs during what they call a major drug bust in Kensington yesterday. The narcotics division was initially on the 3100 block of Weymouth Street to serve roughly a dozen warrants on several blocks when they found dozens of ATVs and dirt bikes, according to investigators. In addition to the ATVs and dirt bikes, investigators also found roosters and fighting dogs. Oh, man. Officers said they collected roughly 40 bikes and are working to determine which are legally owned. Some neighbors on the scene pleaded with police to return the bikes and claimed the vehicles were legal, but no one had paperwork or keys. Police told them to go to the Major Crimes Division with paperwork to claim their property. Uh, This seizure of dirt bikes comes as police continue to try to crack down on those who ride them illegally in streets across the city. Officers also said they found guns and were seen carrying boxes of ammo and magazines that they believed were for AK-47s. Uh, Animal control was called to collect roosters and fighting dogs. Police said were inside a home on Weymouth Street. It's unclear whether any arrests were made during the raid. Investigators said that uh, based off of everything they seized, they are considering this operation to be a major drug bust. Where was it that they drove the heavy machinery over the seized ATVs? You remember the footage of that? Yeah, I'm not sure. That, was, that wasn't in I don't, Philly, was I don't it? think it was, no. no. but I do remember that. They took them and they, they destroyed them all in a public manner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to kind of uh, say, here's what's going to happen. Right, right. Hold your stuff. All right, and then finally, 
A house that was watched for decades. Letters sent from anonymous senders and a mystery that is still unsolved to this day. This is the true story that inspired the hit Netflix series, The Watcher. And now it's attracting fans to the real house that inspired the show. Located at 657 Boulevard in suburban Westfield, New Jersey, the real The Watcher house which is still a private residence, has been receiving an overwhelming amount of visitors since the series premiered on October 13th. People from all over the area and even out of the country are itching for a glimpse of the chilling piece of real estate that was allegedly watched for decades by an individual who remains unidentified to this day. The attention has been so intense that town police officers are stationed outside of the home to monitor trespassers, and yellow caution tape now lines the edge of the property. A barricade was also placed at the front of the driveway. Locals are worried about the disturbances caused by visitors, especially for the actual residents of the home. In fact, uh, an effort to dissuade visitors uh, in an effort um, from coming, locals have been driving by the house and yelling, go home, at the out-of-towners. It's, it's got to be a bit of a nightmare. Yep. Uh, by the way, the Netflix series is based on the real-life couple, Derek and Maria Bratis. We've reported on this uh, for years, uh, who purchased the six-bedroom Dutch colonial home in 2014. They had plans to renovate the property until they received an anonymous letter addressed to the new owner. Uh, and it read, the letter read, my grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched in the 1960s. It's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The sender also knew eerie details about the family, asking if there would be more, quote, young blood on the way for the couple who already had three children. The letters were always signed simply, The Watcher. Too spooked to move into the new home. Uh, the Broadduses rented it out for the next two and a half years, and the renters also received a letter which was filled with chilling threats. Uh, so I started watching a little bit of the uh, the first episode of The Watcher on Netflix, and then articles started to pop up like this one, Preston, off of us. Dart facts, I think. Fans absolutely hate the Watcher finale. Hands down the worst ending ever. And I'm like, oh, man. And it's all based on two, two uh, you know, story. Obviously, you just reported that. So I'm wondering how they, I mean, I'll watch it because I'm invested now. But I'm like, you know, you hate knowing that it's not going to be or might be something that's not satisfactory, you know? You got to take a shot at it. Take a shot. By the way, maybe people don't like the ending of it because... They haven't figured it out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why they don't like it, because it's still, you know, it's still out there. It's still happening. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Watch it and find out. All right, sports. Let's do it. The Union opened the MLS Cup Playoff Eastern Conference Semifinals with a win over FC Cincinnati. And Leon Flock scored his first goal of the year that led to the Union in in a 1-0 victory. Flock's goal sends the Union to their second consecutive conference finals. Hey, we got to get them doing that. Uh, which they will host on October 30th against the winner of Sunday's match between CF Montreal and New York City FC. Uh, the Sixers lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, falling 90-88 last night in South Philly. Uh, Wesley Matthews hit the go-ahead three-pointer with a with 23.8 seconds left. 
and Giannis Ante. I knew I was going to mess up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. And it takes like years of practice to get his name, and I still mess it up all the time. He had 21 yeah. points Just and 13 rebounds to lead the Bucks to the win. The Sixers, who fell to 0 and 2, are at home again tomorrow night, and we'll take on the San Antonio Spurs. Tip off will be at six in the National League Championship Series. Phils, San Diego Padres, tied at one game apiece. The Phils are back home tonight for Game 3, and Ranger Suarez will get the start. First pitch scheduled for just after 7.30 tonight. And yesterday, the league announced that uh, catcher uh, JT Real Muto is a Gold Glove Award finalist. Yeah! Real Muto is one of three finalists along with Travis Darno of the Braves and Thomas Nito of the Mets. And he has a strong case to win the award for the second time, previously winning in 2019, his first season with the Phils. And uh, also in the American League, the Astros beat the Yankees again, winning 3-2 last night in Houston. Alex Bregman connected with an early three-run homer. Uh, Frambler Valdez threw seven innings, and the Astros took a 2-0 lead in the series. Game three is tomorrow evening in the Bronx. First pitch is just after five. And finally, the Flyers are off until tomorrow night. They will travel to Nashville, and they will take on the Predators. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we do sports on the Preston and Steve Show. It's the climax of the... We never get to the end. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I guarantee this will be one of the sloppiest shows you've ever heard. We're all in, oh, we're all in sort of a mood. God, dude, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was I was talking to uh, Andy from our sister station next to you. She's wiped out. I mean, like, it, Casey, you look wiped out. Yeah, I'm, I actually feel fine. I don't uh, really oh, okay. appreciate you guys looping me into your... Your misery. I feel great. Oh, sorry, I but didn't you're, mean to. You're underperforming you like so dramatically. No. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> welcome to Friday. Yes. I hope you're doing great. Uh, we do have a lot of things happening today. We have uh, you who loot chance to win a thousand dollars. That's coming up. We have Eddie Alvarez who's going to be joining us to talk about uh, UFC watch party at Por- uh, Parks Casino tomorrow night. Uh, we have director Ryan Johnson joining yeah. us. Uh, Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery is coming to Netflix on December 23rd, and he will be here in our studio to talk about that. He's been here before. We're also going to talk to Kelly Ripa today. Ripa! Uh, Ripa's got a book out, so she'll be in the 9 o'clock hour. And if that weren't enough, our friends from Lorenzo and Sons Pizza are stopping by today. Yes, yeah, so we get goodies, and we'll share the wealth with you. All right, let's take a break. Come back in a second. We'll get into the entertainment report. The stupid question, that stuff is coming up. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give away some goodies. We got a pair of tickets to see Smashing Pumpkins tonight, by the way, with uh, uh, Jane's Addiction. And what's that? 
Sorry. I, you said Tonight and Smashing Pumpkins, and I just started singing Tonight in my head. Go the for song. it. Go Sorry for about it. That. Oh, in your head. Well, <laughs> it happened out loud. Yeah, no, I realized <laughs> that. I realized that. I got really excited. I was talking to Nick Murphy about uh, Smashing Pumpkins. He's a big fan. So the question that I will pose to you is this. What is Harry Potter's Patronus? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. All right. What is Harry Potter's Patronus? 215-263-WMMR. I'll mention some birthdays today. Friday, October 21st. It is Kim Kardashian's birthday. Oh, no! Yeah, it does. Uh, what? Kim is 42 years old today. <laughs> why are you so distraught? I don't know. It's like, you know why? You know, when they, you, we celebrate when well, I, I acknowledge the Hindenburg explosion. Yeah. No, no I, I, it just, it, there's, listen, as of late, there's been an overabundance of Kardashian stuff, especially when the series is on, and, and I just reached my, my saturation point. Do you think you. it has anything to do with the fact that over the weekend we're going to see how she celebrated the opulence of uh, oh, their oh, birthday no, celebrations? You're right. Yes, that's a good point. But yeah. by the time Monday rolls around, maybe it'll fade away. They'll calm down. I, I you think they're, they'll go to, like, Fire photon torpedoes. <laughs> I don't care. Kimmy, you're getting on my last nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think they'll what case? Go to like Sky Zone or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it'll be some... Listen, but for the kids, they do outlandish things, and I'm sure it's going to be way over the top. You can't argue with the fact, though, that Mominger and that whole empire knows how to generate capital. Mm-hmm. She's 42 today. Uh, she shares a birthday with Joyce Randolph, who played Trixie Norton on The Honeymooners, who is 98 years old. I'm sure Kim and she are often confused. Probably, yeah. probably. <laughs> or maybe Judge Judy Scheinlin, who also has a birthday today. And it's a biggie for Judge Judy. She is 80 years wow. old. Fabulously wealthy. Yeah. Took her ownership of her own show. Remember, wrapped it up and uh, now uh, produces everything, owns everything. I remember a picture, we talked about it on air, this mega yacht that she had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Super yacht. Doesn't she still, doesn't, isn't she the still show does, still on? But now she owns all of it. Right. So she owns Damn. everything before it was under, uh, through a syndication uh, company. I don't know. I, I Why keep doing it? I guess she must love doing it. Yeah. I mean, because she's got enough money, right? My, yes, she does. My she's favorite 80. version of it was the original People's Court with Judge Wapner. I mentioned, I mentioned this before, and Steve, I know you saw it as well, but uh, the I've got a show with Norm MacDonald. Um, he interviewed Judy Scheinland, and they talk specifically about her money. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting how she breaks it down. She doesn't shy away from the questions. Norm asks her really direct questions. It's on Netflix, uh, and it's a great show, and it, it makes me miss Norm even more, but Norm sits down and has some really candid no, conversations with Judy. One. I wonder if she made as much as a judge as she makes. <laughs> right. right. Uh, one of the great guitarists celebrates a birthday today, Steve Lukather <sighs> of Toto. Damn uh, it. What? I, I, I couldn't remember how that song went, and the only two Toto songs we have are that and Africa, and I was like, okay, what's going Those it? are the only two Toto songs in our system. Yeah. That's an embarrassment. That's toe-terrible. That is toe-terrible. <laughs> that is that so terrible. totally ridiculous. Yeah. All right, well, anyhow, uh, Steve Lukather. Uh, well, you know what you could also play is uh, Beat It from uh, Michael Jackson. That's right, right. yeah. Uh, because he plays the guitar, the, the refrain, he plays the riff throughout the song, and then they brought Eddie in to just play uh, the guitar solo, but the whole... That's Steve Lukather. He's a he's a session dude. He plays for he's for hire, and he's one of the the all time greats. Uh, so he celebrates his birthday today. He is uh, sixty five years old. We have, we have to wait. Yes, until we, we talk the guitar it. part. Uh, so this was Steve. I always thought it was Eddie Van Halen. It wasn't until that long, not that long ago, right. that I found out that Steve plays the main part of this. So 
Happy birthday, Steve Lukather, in your 65th birthday today. Uh, it's also actor Ken Watanabe's birthday. Uh, movies like The Last Samurai and Inception. Uh, he's also in Batman Begins. He plays who we think is Raza. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, really well done. And uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. He is 63 years old today. Uh, another musician, Manford Mann, has his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> What's that again? Abby Dobby do. Maybe the people of Abby Dobby do. Yeah. Man for man, this is uh, Man for Man's Earth Band. But before that, uh, it go- he goes back further. So the you know there she was just a walking down the street singing. That's, that's Man for Man. Wow. Uh, also, did they do uh, Quentin the Eskimo? I think, I think they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, so, Man for Man turns right. 82 today. But Dylan also did Quinn the Eskimo, right? Who? Did, did Dylan do that? Or? No. Okay. I don't yeah, think so. so here's you, the about Springsteen did the original Blinded by the Light. Yeah. You, okay. Uh, I just didn't know. Uh, Quinn the Eskimo is a it's a staple in Fish. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I just, I never knew who it's, did. It's a Bob Dylan song. Yes. Oh, yeah, you know, I did not okay. know that. All right. Maybe yeah. he had lunch with Man for Man. Uh, it's a folk song written by Bob Dylan. Eating Eggs? And uh, first recorded during the basement tapes. There you go. Okay. Right. Information you can use. Nick, can you see if it was covered by Man for Man as yeah, well? Yeah, right here. Uh, Grateful, Grateful Dead did a version yeah. of it. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of people. Uh, Billy Leon, Ray Cyrus. Leon Russell. What? Russell. Billy Ray Cyrus. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, Man for Man is 82 years old today. Uh, Jeremy Miller, who played Ben on Growing Pain. Show me that smile. Uh, he was a kid on a show that I thought was um, very acceptable, very likable, good comedic timing. You know, it's tough to get a kid that people like. Yeah, yeah. But and then they brought in the uh, the cousin went. Oh no, they brought in um, Leonardo DiCaprio when he wasn't cute enough anymore. Uh, so he turns forty six. Oh, 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 oh man! man. <laughs> no, no. All right, no. Uh, <laughs> then you have uh, actor Glenn Powell. Uh, who was recently in Top Gun Maverick? He play, he plays the hot shot, uh, which is just a stupid character. I I liked the movie, but the, and I like this actor too. Yeah, yeah. But but they they did that on purpose. I bought it hook line and to sinker. feed into the yeah. original narrative of the first movie. <laughs> to me, that's what I love is that they did that specifically so that it would have sort of throwback to the corniness of the first one. Yep, yep. And I loved it. Oh, corny's a great word for this that. guy's really good though. He's uh, what else does he appear in? in Hidden Figures? Hidden he Figures plays is John great. Glenn. Yeah, He's so good. Oh, okay. I, I remember seeing that that movie for the first time, and the first thing I thought, I'm like. That dude is really good looking. He's like yeah, yeah. a super good looking guy. Uh, and he played John Glenn great in that movie. Wonderful, yeah. Uh, so he turns uh, 34 years old today. And then the last birthday, Steve, I threw this one in for you and me, Everett McGill. Oh, my God. Kind of a character actor. Yeah, he was in, I never watched Twin Peaks, but he played uh, Big Ed Hurley. I mainly know him from uh, the movie Dune as Stilgar. So good. You f- first saw him in Quest for Fire. Yes, he was in yeah. Quest for Fire. And one of my guilty pleasures, Heartbreak Ridge. He plays the jerk <laughs> officer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Everett McGill is 77 years old. Wow, today. man. Uh, the original Twin Peaks was a revelation when it came on television. It was one of those things where you became acutely aware quickly. They don't know where they're going with this. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And wow. it was the journey was fun, but uh, yeah, not ultimately didn't really pay off. 
All right, we're going to go to the phone and see if we can get an answer to this. What is Harry Potter's Patronus? 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Mary Ann. Hi there, Mary Ann. Hello there. All right, so uh, Harry's Patronus is? A stag. A stag. Correct. You've got a Harry Patronus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> give me that Harry Patronus. Oh, uh, Marianne wins. We're going to give her tickets to see Smashing Pumpkins tonight. Spirits on Fire tour with Jane's Addiction and Poppy. And that's at the Wells Fargo Center. Tickets are on sale now at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. I believe Billy Corgan is coming into the studio today. That is the rumor. To hang out with Pierre. So make sure that you listen to Pierre's show yeah. today. I'm going to get him to sign my Man- Manfred Mann uh, collection. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. So great. You should. He probably would. And be. my samurai sword. Very happy about that. All right. So a New York jury sided in favor of Kevin Spacey in the forty million dollar federal civil case brought on by actor Anthony Rapp uh, and Preston. They kind of called it the way you saw it the other day, which is, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with your assessment. It was so long ago; it literally became. He said. You know, he said. Yeah, exactly. The Associated Press report said uh, jurors deliberated for a little more than an hour before finding that the House of Cards actor did not sexually abuse rap in 1986. Following the verdict, Spacey's attorney, Jennifer Kelly, said, we're very grateful to the jury for seeing through these false allegations. Uh, She added that he is going to be proven that he's innocent of anything he's accused of, referencing other sexual misconduct claims against the actor, including criminal charges in England. I personally, just from what I've heard and, and Anthony's rap's accusations, I think Kevin Spacey did it. I, I, I think that he did, and he was, uh, you know, there's just no way you can prove anything like that. You can't. Now, and also you tend to forget when they do these things, and this is, how, this is what got Bill Cosby out. It's not common. You can't bring in other cases. You can't say, well, this is like nine people are saying you did this thing. Right. You take it on a case-for-case basis. Yeah. Right. And that's yep. what actually reversed and got Cosby out of jail because he made a prom. There, legally, there was a promise made that information from a past trial yep. would not be incorporated into the recent trial. It right. was. Right. And that's what got him but out. But, like, why do we have a the justice system if, like, when this happens, you can't just go, see, he didn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, you, you, because listen, we 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 you can't clear the have, slate. You can't go back in time and, and remove the allegation. We have, you know, we're supposed to live by this uh, the the saying "innocent until proven guilty." But the second an accusation is made, we assume we guilty. assume that they're guilty, and then when it is in a court of law comes out innocent, we still go, "Yeah, I still think he did it." You know, like he's in that guy. I don't know, man. I'm pre-med. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. what, but it's not a blanket statement. You can't say everybody feels that way. Some people do. Some people don't. I mean, but we don't all go. Yes, he is absolutely innocent. The court proved it. Blah blah right, blah, right. blah. Some people don't. Yeah, know. You know, it's court, know. Of, court of public that's, opinion. That's why in 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 courtroom dramas, you, they'll, you'll see that scene where they float something out. The jury is asked to ignore it. It's too late. It's yes. already out there. Yes. Metallic mint green paint. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. They were innocent. Uh, Rap wrote in a statement on Twitter, uh, bringing this lawsuit was always about shining a light as part of the larger movement to stand up against all forms of sexual violence. He said, I pledge to keep on advocating for efforts to ensure that we can live and work in a world that is free from sexual violence of any kind. I sincerely hope that survivors continue to tell their stories and fight for accountability. Like, I remember, listen, the, the reason that resonates with me is I had somebody do something similar like that to me. Accuse you? No. Oh. Oh, really? This? Yeah. I I didn't know that. And it still affects me to this day. Now, nothing 
like serious happened. Right, but right. Somebody, you know, put these moves on me and made physical contact with me, and I was scared. It's traumatizing. And yeah, I still think about it. Wow. And and but but I don't think a crime was committed. Right. But uh, it. But it could have been. It messed with me. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So. And that's where the, that's that's the vagaries of this thing. Where yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. How, how do you how do you quantify level of suffering? How do you? Well, and that's why yeah. part of me is like going with Anthony Rapp is like. Now listen, I don't know what really happened. No. I have no idea what happened, but I can only go from my own personal the experience only to go like I wouldn't have. I wouldn't drag this person into court right. who did this to me right. back when I was a teenager. And there's there's a difference between not guilty and innocent too, right? Like. He he was found not guilty in the court of law. That doesn't mean he's innocent of his crimes. No, that's true. All, all you have to do is look at the OJ trial, and OJ was found uh, guilty in the in the uh, civil case, but not in the criminal case. So there's a reason why these things are there to protect the accused. I uh, and that's exactly right. I, I heard it best explained. Somebody said it's like schedule and schedule. Oh, yes, yeah, a lot like that. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Los Angeles rape trial of Harvey Weinstein will begin on... Now, he's innocent. Monday. Oh, my God. Uh, the disgraced uh, Miramax producer faces... Thanks for sticking up for me. Four counts of rape. I have to fart. Four counts of forcible oral copulation. Oh, the, any... Uh, one count of sexual penetration by use of force. All this stuff. These are these are the charges. Oh, yeah. Plus one count of sexual battery by restraint and sexual battery uh, in incidents involving five women in L.A. County over a nine-year period. Uh, the trial is expected to last until the end of the year, so more will be coming out. Lighter stuff. Yes. Jason Sudeikis's ex-girlfriend, Keely Hazel, is weighing in on Olivia Wilde's decision to post her salad dressing recipe oh my God. in response to a former employee's claim that it was the cause of a huge fight between her and the Ted Lasso star. While Wilde used her Instagram story to post a vinaigrette recipe from Heartburn, that's the name of the book, Heartburn, Hazel underlined a different set of text from the Nora Ephron book. The passage she chose to read uh, said, why do you feel like you have to turn everything into a story? And it continues on saying, so I told her why. Because if I tell the story, and I don't know what any of this means, by the way, because if I tell the story, I control the version. Because if I tell the story, I can make you laugh, and I would much, and I would rather have you laugh at me than feel sorry for me. Because if I tell the story, it doesn't hurt as much. Because if I tell the story, I can get on with it. Shut the yeah. F- up. Apparently, that quote was right above the uh, uh, the salad dressing recipe. Yeah. Okay. So it was. Uh, there's. There's more. Uh, this is the it's most insane stupid. story that it has driven. The news for a couple of days. Yeah. Stupid. And Great Poupons jumped on this, right, by the way. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 What have yeah. they been doing? Um, they have. They posted a picture of <laughs> their like uh, Great Poupon. Right. And, wait, and uh, what's it? Don't worry, darling is the name of the movie. Yes. Okay. So and and uh, it, it called it like Don't worry, Dijon. I can't remember. Don't exactly. worry, Dijon. <laughs> oh my god, I, uh, I like that. I but anyway, so Great Poupon was part of it's the. It's clever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry, clever. Dijon. Yeah. And why not jump on it? Yeah. Uh, the film publicist suing screenwriter director Paul Haggis for sexual assault took the stand in court yesterday. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Haley Breest uh, told the jury that the crash director became aggressive very quickly after they arrived at his Soho Manhattan apartment on January 31st, 2013. Breest said that he forced her to perform oral and made a series of unwanted sexual moves that culminated in rape. She said on the stand, I was like a trapped animal. There was nothing to do, nothing for me to do. Uh, Haggis maintains that the encounter was consensual, and his lawyer has argued that uh, Breest called it rape because she's out for money. 
which is a standard uh, type of tactic. I saw one or two articles uh, suggesting, and I'm not saying this is a fact, but um, he is uh, he claims, and I guess one of his lawyers claims, that he has been targeted by uh, higher-ups at Scientology, Church of Scientology. I wouldn't doubt it. And I mean, he made that movie about him. He did. And um, so, uh, of course, that would be an easy out if he was guilty and was looking True. for a way to not cop to this. That, too. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Have fun at jury duty. Yeah, tonight. yeah. All right, uh... Gina Davis says that she shot down Jack Nicholson by using advice that she'd learned from her Tootsie co-star, Dustin Hoffman. Well, will you just touch it then? (laughs) (laughs) That'll be enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 66-year-old Oscar winner told told the... (laughs) You have to ask me nicely. (laughs) Oh. Oh, he's going to the offensive. <laughs> he likes you. Uh, the 66-year-old Oscar Look winner. standing up. He likes you. Told the New Yorker Thursday uh, that Hoffman once told her to ward off men in the business by saying the following. Well, you're very attractive. I would love to, but it would ruin the sexual tension between us. Hmm. And she apparently effectively used that line on Nicholson, who she had met through her agent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that Hoffman himself was known as a womanizer. Right. Yeah. And here he is giving advice. Right. On so I guess to... you listen to him, right? He has the expertise. Yeah. Defend them all. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, Ape and Jack. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone seen a very recent picture of Jack Nicholson? Is he, is he still? He was at a, a Lakers game within the last did, year or two. How did he look? Uh, like, he's old. Yeah. You know? And yeah. he is. I mean, like, he doesn't look bad. He doesn't look, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, I saw a photo of uh, Gene Hackman. Not that long ago, and Gene has really stayed out of the... Yeah. And, and Gene's looking very old. I had to see who it was under yeah. the, uh, the identifier. But Jack role. looked okay. I mean, he just Dang. looked like he's getting getting older, yeah. Mm. Uh, Amy Schumer's son is not impressed with her fame. She told the news at, her, uh, at the season five premiere of Inside Amy Schumer, I think your kid just wants you to be their mom. He's not impressed... Oh, shut up, woman. ...that there's a microphone and a camera. He's just like, okay, when can we go? Because I want chicken nuggets. Yeah. Uh, so great. she continues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> with a little kid. Do you guys, <clears throat> with, with with your kids, um, has there been any acknowledgement? Or do they find what you do cool? No. Or, or is it embarrassing? Because I always hear so many, uh, especially lately, uh, uh, people who, not that, you know, not the word at this level or whatever, but you know, you kind of had a, have a more higher profile mm-hmm. job. And the reaction is seemingly across the boards, the kids are like, kind of... Uh, I don't want to talk. Usually what what, what happens is, um, I think, generally speaking, no. But then uh, if we're out at, like, uh, I don't know, the mall or or a restaurant, somebody comes up and, you know, just out of nowhere and says, hi, and hey, we love your show. That's something where they go, oh, that's kind of cool. Or uh, if their friends at school go, hey, I was listening this morning. Okay. And then they go, okay, they get a little bit of validation from one of their peers. Otherwise... It doesn't matter. My, uh, my kids uh, find it kind of fun sometimes, and other times they roll their eyes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I get both. All right. You know, it's it's cool. It's, it's a pain. As the wind is blowing, right? Yeah they, yeah, they don't regret it or anything like that. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. But I think what my son likes the best is the access to the cool things. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we got the good seats to a Sixers game. That makes him happy. Your mm-hmm. job is great, Dad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty cool, man. Dick Van Dyke, uh, he's he's just a sweetheart of, a, of an individual. Last Thursday morning, the 96-year-old Hollywood legend was seen visiting the Malibu Community Labor Exchange uh, in California. And uh, the Mary Poppins star was handing out cash to those who were seeking work 
uh, and met with homeless people at the nonprofit organization. He was just handing out like five. Dance for me. <laughs> no, he was just handing out like five, ten bucks, uh, give, just giving people money. That's nice. Uh, Van Dyke mingled with the employees and job seekers at the employment center during the visit. He said, whenever I have some fives, I come by. Uh, he said, you can't do it all the time, though, but I do like to stop by. Uh, he's a fan of Malibu's Labor Exchange Organization, was first photographed visiting the Labor Center in May of 2021. Uh, the New York Post reported that Van Dyke frequently visits the center to assist those in the Malibu community who are seeking day of employment. So these are the people who just need a job day today. Yeah, you know? so yeah. so um, he does a lot of this stuff. He's in phenomenal freaking shape. He is, man. Phenomenal he's in his 90s. Shape. Yeah. He exercises regularly. He still dances, and you can. He just he's, he looks trim and and just fit, and that's how you want to be, mm-hmm. man. That's a, he's he's a, a great example. Uh, let's see. How about this? A Halloween tradition will no longer air on network television. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is only streaming on Apple TV Plus this year. Lonnie. So, you know. I, I, it was a, a tradition, but I don't think I've watched it on broadcast television for years. I always take out my copy of it and watch that. Right. Uh, so the Holiday Classic has aired on TV since 1966. God. First on CBS and then on ABC. I, As a kid, I adored this. And generations of kids have adored this. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a classic. It's not, for me, it's not obviously as powerful as the Charlie Brown Christmas, but it's way up. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a kid bonus. Dude, when you would hear that as a kid, when you would hear that sound effect uh-huh. on CBS, you knew. Oh yeah. This like, is when you. This is when you had to wait for things to come onto television. All right, uh-huh. and you're going to be my regular school night. Then. When, when that th- when that would air, you knew you were in for a great event. So. <laughs> like that's when they would air any of those special uh, made for kid. Uh, TV show and the music for this, the whole thing, the moodiness, uh, the whole fact that um, you know Snoopy uh, fights the Red Baron, uh, all of that stuff is sensational. Yeah, like if um, for people that don't understand, uh, it's the equivalent of when your dog hears the doorbell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Oh my god! Oh my god! And you know, oh my god! Everybody! Yeah. What I love too throughout this thing is the sort of cruelty that you get. All the parents had to conspire in the it's neighborhood uh-huh. to give Charlie Brown a rock. It's <laughs> terrible. I was thinking about this. I actually don't like it now yeah. because of that. Yeah. Why? Why Charlie Brown? Why did everybody hate him? He was a nice kid. Yeah. He was a sweet kid. We uh-huh. assume. We don't know what he did when he was three or four. So what they should do is a follow-up to that the very next day right. when he took all of those rocks and smashed the windows of all the houses. <laughs> yes, right that's what he should have done. You bastards! Yeah. Or he beats their pets yeah. to death with with the bag filled with rocks. He just goes I'm on, a, for you. on yeah. a rampage. Yeah, right? It's the birth of Mike Myers, oh. man. Oh, that's... I just killed Peppermint Patty. <laughs> now I'm coming for you. Uh, Nothing is over! <laughs> Opening up my bags, eating a bunch of rocks. Everyone else got candy? Nothing! <laughs> he turned into a, a commando. <laughs> sent to Vietnam. So <laughs> the, the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, that trombone is playing. Yeah. The adult, you're going to need body bags. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back. Coming back for trick or My bag is full of rocks. 
Uh, by the way, Apple is, Apple is giving non-subscribers an opportunity to watch the specials for free. Those who don't subscribe to Apple TV Plus streaming service can watch its Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown on October 28th through October 31st. Also, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving will be available for free uh, November 23rd through the 27th. And a Charlie Brown Christmas will be available December 22nd through December 25th for free. It's not Halloween if I haven't seen this. Yeah. By the way, some of those um, Charlie Brown specials were... Suck. Well, no, but they were trippy. They were like, there was one... Uh, oh, the one with Timothy Leary? <laughs> yeah, that one. I was like, what the F is going on right now? <laughs> Melon is twisted. Now, which which one, one are you thinking of? Um, was there like a spelling bee one? Yeah, oh, there's a whole bunch. Okay. They they um, they eventually hit up just about every holiday on the calendar yeah. uh, with very substandard specials. And then they had a whole series of other ones that... You know, the, the charm of this is that um, actual kids voiced this yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, um, Snoopy playing the juice harp and... It, yeah, it, I remember that one. Yeah. And a man for well, man. Yeah, yeah, he would put the pot on his head backwards. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they, that was when they were at a camp or something like that. But wait, what do you remember specifically about the spelling bee? Um, it was a seahorse party. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was the seahorse captain. Forever. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seahorses. Forever. <laughs> I just sort of remember there being, like, all right, so uh, remember like Easy Rider? Yes. The first time I saw it, I thought I was going to see like a movie, and I really, I was like, oh, this is just a series of music videos, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I felt like that one episode was, where With the it was spelling bee. Yeah, there was a lot of like, um, like Twin Peaks. All right, yeah. so uh, Nick pulled it up. It was an episode uh, called "A Boy Named Charlie Brown" or a special called "A Boy Named Charlie Brown." And... So that was. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, how often they had those Charlie Brown specials. It was a series of books right. as well. I had all those when the, I was a kid. The, I think the first book, book, quote unquote book that I ever read as a young kid was a Charlie Brown okay. book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, you can watch it uh, on Apple TV Plus on those uh, select dates. Uh, the Simpsons, the October 23rd installment, will parody Stephen King's It. This is a Treehouse of Terror. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, and offer up its take on a murderous clown that bears more than a passing resemblance to Krusty. And uh, the episode was partly inspired by some disturbing fan art. According to executive producer Matt Selman, he said, I was like, we should just start writing the tattoos that people already have of Pennywise Krusty. He said, let's go in that direction. Give the people what they want. And the winner of the show's Krusty Fan Art Contest, by the way, will wind up with a showcase at the end of the episode. Uh, it is titled, Not It. <laughs> and the episode joins the past with the present, giving viewers in one 30-minute episode winks at its children-centric story, as well as its prequel, It Chapter 2, which saw Pennywise resurface when those traumatized kids were adults. And here, a supernatural clown named Crusto starts murdering the children of Kingfield. Wow, yeah. Stephen Stephen King in Springfield, uh, prompting young Homer to join forces with his fellow middle school outcast to take down the terrifying creature. Decades later, though, Crusto is back on the prowl, and Homer and company must conquer the painted face of fear once more. We have an audio clip of the first encounter with Crusto. All right, here we go. Hiya, barn. I'm Crusto, the funniest clown in the whole wide world. Uh, people who have to tell you they're funny usually aren't. Can I get my boat back, sewer clown? Why, sure. Just reach in and take it. That's right. Build the tension. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, they, he eats him. Yep, they show it. So uh, that's coming out on the, I think I said the 23rd. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. How about a couple more quick things and we'll move on to the audio stuff. So William H. Macy will reunite with his former TV daughter, Emma Kenny. The two shameless stars will share the screen when Macy guest stars in an upcoming episode of The Connors. Uh, TV Line reports that he will play one of Dan's best friends from high school on the show. You so. watch that show, and it's put together well, and the cast, the ensemble's good, but it's like, you, you almost feel like you're, you're you're digging through garbage. Like, this, didn't this end a while ago? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, the fact that he they killed Dan... Uh, 20 years ago, and he, he's back, and, he's back yeah. and yeah. Roseanne's gone. Yeah. yeah. But apparently it's got an audience because yeah. it still it, keeps chugging along. It does well enough. And then uh, finally, Trevor Noah's third Netflix comedy special, I Wish You Would, will premiere on November 22nd. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the hour-long special was recorded in Toronto one day after he announced that he was departing from The Daily Show. Mm. That's coming out on November 22nd. All right, it's Friday. We got some movies to tell you about. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that the new thing? That's the new. <laughs> you, you, the, the, the lights dim in the theater. Oh God damn it! God damn it! Instead of the 20th Century Fox or Universal, uh, the lights dim. You got your popcorn. <laughs> oh God damn it! My God, dude. <laughs> What's the matter, Case? I, well, I mean, I'll play it in a second, but I so. <laughs> The button for this thing, right, is here. And I was... Play the THX. Well, when I clicked on the button initially, so when I clicked the button, here, I've clicked the button, it it doesn't play. It doesn't play until I unclick, right? So so when I clicked onto the button, I realized that maybe I might have clicked on this button instead. It was like a billion. Okay. (laughs) So what I ended up doing was... I, I drug it down, it, and, okay. and then I overwrote. I, right. Okay, so I, gotcha. I, I basically <laughs> a I technical made, thing. Yeah. You overwrote the file. I overwrote the okay, file. That's fine, but it's all good. Just uh, don't look over here. <laughs> look over there. Nothing to and, see here. Uh, nothing to see here. Oh God damn it! <laughs> oh God damn it! Yes, yeah. it does. All right. Uh, Action Adventures starring Dwayne Johnson, Pierce Brosnan, Aldous Hodge. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the ancient gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. Two hours and four minutes long, rated PG-13, wide release, Rotten Tomato score gives it a 44%. Uh, I disagree with the 44%. Yeah, you, like, yeah, you enjoyed I, it, right? I enjoyed it. Listen, my only complaint of the whole movie... There's a, there's a kid that's featured in the movie. Actually, I thought I thought he was a really bad actor. You mentioned this case, yeah. and a number of the reviews that I read, they mentioned that kid was not not good. Like I was like, how did this guy even make it past the first audition? Let alone like get the starring role. And there was one particular scene in the movie where he's like, you know, like yeah. he's delivering this speech, and I'm like, oh my god, this is really bad. <laughs> but other than that. I thought the movie was fun. Well, Craig yeah. Lagans, comic book guru, sent me a text. And he said, Black Adam was terrific. Best DC movie since the first Wonder Woman. Okay. Three thumbs up. And uh, it has ties to uh, Captain Marvel and Shazam and all that, right? Doesn't uh, it? Shazam, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and That Captain Marvel. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a couple Captain Marvels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, anyhow, uh, Rotten Tomato score forty four percent. Casey says thumbs up. Yep. Uh, number two, uh, Ticket to Paradise. That's opening. Rom com starring George Clooney, Julia Roberts, and Billy Lord. <laughs> and uh, the plot is contentious exes find themselves on a shared mission to stop their love struck daughter from making the same mistake they once made. Uh, from working titles, Smokehouse Pictures, and Red Ohm Films, Ticket to Paradise is a romantic comedy about the sweet surprise of second chances. Hour, 44 minutes long, rated PG-13. Rotten Tomatoes, a 56%. And then finally, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, The Policeman opens. And this is the romantic drama that stars Harry Styles, Rupert Everett, and Emma Corrin. A beautifully crafted story of forbidden love and changing social conventions, my policeman follows three young people, policeman Tom, teacher Marion, and museum curator Patrick, as they embark on an emotional journey in 1950s Britain. Flashing forward to the 1990s, Tom, Marion, and Patrick are still reeling with longing and regret, but now they have one last chance to repair the damage of the past. Hour and 53 minutes long, it's rated R. It is in theaters now and streaming on November 4th, and Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 40%, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, clips, we got those? Clips. Mystery clips. Oh, you guys, I feel like I feel like both of these are gettable. Hang on to yep. them, Marissa, and you yeah. can read these. Yep, 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 yep. All right, All right. these are gettable? All right, Absolutely, and I'm going to judge All right. which hands right. goes up first. Watch the room carefully. I right. feel like Nick usually wins at this. He's usually better than everybody we else. We play the clip, and if we know who it is, we raise our hand, and then we get to answer. Here we go. I think my experience in the world of pro uh, wrestling yeah. helped me craft oh, an even better Black Adam. You just, because ultimately, just used... what the world of wrestling always did for me, number one, always listen to the audience. Yeah, Let them inform you, but then also... Do your best to think 10, 12, 20 steps ahead. It was a three-way tie. You ready? One, two, three. The Dwayne Rock. Johnson. Yeah. It was Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it was Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. All right. Uh, and but Nick's hand was up first. <laughs> Opens this weekend. All right. Next mystery clip. Here we go. Ready? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready. Now I'm ready. Oh, All right. God damn it. I looked at it and I saw it, so I can't answer uh, yes, it. Yes, I can. Well, okay. The general thing. Harry Styles. And that's why the film works so well, I think. You know, the themes of uh, of love and freedom and the kind of search for that is, is um, incredibly relevant. Jesus, that's how you sell a movie? Yeah, yeah. So. love and people finding who they are experience. <laughs> he's tired. This whole salad dressing thing. Yes, is yeah. crazy. crazy. And he's she must put Nyquil in that salad dressing. All right, Marissa. When is that? Uh, that opens this weekend too. I My just policeman. About it. Yep, opens uh, today. Excellent. All right, uh, that's our entertainment report. Got that all buttoned up and good to go. We have a lot of things happening on the program today. Several people we're going to be talking to, including. Director Ryan Johnson. Oh, so, fantastic. Yep, the, the current Knives Out mystery is what he's promoting. It's called Glass Onion. It'll be on Netflix in December, and he is stopping by here today. And, in fact, <clears throat> there's a screening of it tonight at the Philadelphia Film Center. It's part of the Philadelphia Film Festival, and you can get tickets and catch us way in advance uh, if you go to filmadelphia.org. So we're excited to have Ryan stop by this morning. Kelly Rip, Kelly Rip is going to be on the program Rip. today. 
And uh, we also have you who loot and our friends from Lorenzo's are going to be swinging by. So we get pizza, and that means you will be getting some uh, gift cards from Lorenzo's if you stick around, an opportunity to win. But in the meantime, let's set you up with some beer. We'll take caller number 10. I have a case of Headhunter IPA from Fathead. All right? It's available in both six-packs and 12-packs. And you can also enjoy it as part of Fathead's new IPA variety 12-pack. Pick some up at your nearest Acme or Craft Beer retailer. Caller number 10, 215-263-WMMR. We'll be back in a moment with more Friday for you. Wait, what's that? Where was that place, Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh, don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. That is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. Real quick, I want to do this uh, shard out that says, good morning. I'd love to get a Who's Lou shard out, if that's possible, for our daughter's softball coach, Lou Chance. Okay. He's an avid listener of your podcast. Lou has coached the softball team for three years, and the experience has been absolutely amazing for our whole family. The shard out is to show our appreciation for everything that he and his amazing wife, Lori, do for these girls. That is from uh, Janine Culp. So who's Lou, if you will, please, for Lou? Where is other? Who's Lou? Lou Chance. There you go. There's That's a cool your, name. Want to pass? Yeah. Lou Chance. Yeah. Chance is always... Like that's a great sports name. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. A last name like that. All right, so I have a variety of stories that I want to pass along to you before these are thrown into the trash. And so, uh, yeah, what about them? We're going to do the junk show. All right, so let's dive into this stuff. We're going to start with this one. Uh, today is Back to the Future Day. It is Back to the Future oh. Day. Uh, it is October 21st. Is that when they left, I guess? That is when they, that's what they go back to, uh, I believe. Yes. yes. They so, go to November 5th, 1955, and then they go back to October 20th. Wait, or is that the future? I Wait, think that's what's... the future. In... This on. is from Back to the Future 2. I'm Let so me get all the info on it. So here we go. I'm I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Uh, just in case he was kind of soloing, I was going to see where I was, he was not gonna go soloing. I was just asking you were riffing. questions. I was not no riffing. solos, man. Do not do no. I was not. I was just simply asking a question. Because, okay. All right, go. All right. <laughs> the day. Oh goddamn. Uh, is for Back to the Future Day itself is doubly significant, according to the Business Insider. October 21st, by the way. Yes. 2015 is the day that screenwriter Bob Gale, who chose for the Chicago Cubs to win the World Series, something. Uh, says uh, that it was the most absurd thing we could think of in 1985. Turns out it was a year off. The Cubs won the series in 2016. The idea of the Cubs winning the series gave Marty McFly something to bet on as a hook for the film's second storyline. In the sequel, Back to the Future 2, Fox's character, Marty McFly, travels to the future in 2015 to save the children that aren't even a twinkle in their dad's eye. So it was in the second movie right. okay. that they go. So this is to Back the future. to the Future Day. So right. are there multiple Back to the Future Days? Because in the first movie, it was November 5th. Right. Yeah, I mean, said. so that's I, what confused me is I thought this would technically be Back to the Future 2. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Steve sent me the article and... Uh, I had no idea. Because I, I... Pass it along. I know we celebrated the first, the Back to the Future Day, Back to the Future 1... Mm-hmm. And this is another way to celebrate. I don't know if the third one, the Wild West date that they end up at, is celebrated as well. God, I wouldn't even know that. Yeah, the best I part like about that movie, though, the best part is uh, ZZ Top. Yeah, it's my favorite the part. Best part, yes, by far. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, you know, the flying train—not believable. <laughs> 
but the spinning guitars in the 1800s. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the believable part of it. Uh, in A Million Ways to Die in the West, they have a, uh, a throwaway joke, Preston, where uh, um, he's walking along the main character, and there's that, that barn where the, uh, you know, in the third movie where he's working on, on building the car and getting the car running again. Yeah. And you just see light coming out of it, like, you know, what's going on over there? So there's a little throwback a little to that. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, by the way, they mentioned in this article that uh, one of the things that makes it the film worthy of its honorary day is the vision of the early prototypes of uh, today's tech, like large flat screen TVs. Uh, virtual reality eyewear, video conferencing, computer tablets, and biometric scanners. Uh, so when he goes, you know, when he's walking around and he sees all this technology, uh, some of that stuff came to fruition. The movies still work. <clears throat> Nick Murphy's favorites, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or one of his many favorites, uh, yeah. groups of films. Blade Runner, I think. All right, so anyhow, uh, today is Back in the Future, I guess, Tuesday. I think that makes more sense. Ah, hell. Ah, hell, I don't know. Uh, let's see. How about... Uh, really rooting around yeah, there. There's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. He's actually I in... literally do dig through this pile while Casey <laughs> plays that sound effect because I have a bunch of stuff here. So, in a major blow to America's seafood industry, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game has, for the first time in state history, canceled the winter snow crab season in the Bering Strait due to their falling numbers. Oh. While restaurant menus suffer, scientists worry what the sudden population plunge means uh, for the health of the Arctic system. By the way, they're saying that up to a billion crabs have just gone God. missing. Yeah, like yeah. a billion. An estimated one billion crabs have disappeared in two years. State officials said it marks a 90% drop in their population. Uh, Gabriel Prout uh, whose fishing business relies heavily on the snow crab population, said, did they run up north to get in colder water? Did they completely cross the border? Ah, uh, hell, I don't know. Did yeah. they walk off the continental shelf on the edge over there, on the edge there over the Bering Sea? Uh, ben Daly, a researcher investigating where the crabs have gone, said he monitors the health of the state's fisheries, which produce 60% of the nation's seafood. By the way, yeah, so Alaska has yeah. 60% of our seafood comes from Alaska. Damnest thing I've ever seen. Um he said disease is one possibility, and he also points to climate change. Adding to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Alaska is the fastest warming state in the country and is losing billions of tons of ice each year, critical for crabs uh, that need cold water to survive. That's Interesting. Crazy, man. Yeah, very crazy. A billion crabs like have gone missing. Uh, environmental conditions are changing rapidly, Daly said. We've seen warm conditions in the Bering Sea uh, the last couple of years, and we're seeing a response in a cold, adapted species. Adapted species. So it's pretty obvious this is connected. Are you a uh, crab fan? Yeah. Yeah? Very much so. Especially these guys. There's a lot of meat in them. Uh, are these king crabs? Uh, no. Yeah. Yes, snow king crabs. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot. You, yeah. you get a bunch when you get those. I knew a guy who lived in, uh, in St. John in the USVI, and um, he made a ton of money doing this. This was his job, I guess, in the wintertime. I guess now this is the season. He would go crabbing in, uh, in Alaska? In Alaska, yeah. Wow. And so, Steve, he would do it for about two months. And it's brutal work. It is. And it was 20-hour days. It was, yeah. it was nuts. You know, it was like the TV, the reality shows or whatever. Deadliest cash. Yeah. And, but he, he would make so much money in those two months that he could then go live in St. John on the USVI and just, like, do some charter trips here and there. Wow. And, and, go, and, like, live in the Caribbean the rest of the year. And it was, but it was, it's dangerous, hard work. So would you, if you had the opportunity to, to absolutely bust your ass working really hard 
for two, three months out of the year and then take the rest of the year off. Do you think that is something that would be appealing? I did sort of that. Okay. Like when I was doing stand-up, I would make the bulk of my money over the course of two or three months um, with uh, college shows. Uh, you know the orientation shows or in that period of time mm-hmm. um and so but i was still had other another job and i was still you know like a, like a day job for health benefits so i was, was still doing that but it is kind of cool um yeah. I, maybe i would i don't know i mean like like hard labor long days i wasn't crab but, fishing yeah. but if you could but if yeah. you could stick it out and just keep telling yourself 3 months yeah. and then i got 9 off right yeah, to, you know? To answer your question, no, I can't. Right. Uh, not but if the, you, well, not no. the hard labor. Maybe like the long hours. Like you have um, like uh, positions like nurses, right? Nurses right. work 12-hour days. Right. 12-hour uh, shifts. And so they'll work three days a week. But it's like, and it's really weird. You can work like a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Thursday, and then you're, you're like off. But, but in a seven-day week, you work three days. Now, there are some nurses out there that will work like five, six days in a row, Okay. And then be off for a week, and then, but they are working twelve hours a Gotta day, be taxing. and it's right. really taxing. But the way they look at it is like I get a vacation every week or right. every other week. I get right. a vacation. I get and a week then, off. Yeah, yeah. You lose a patient now and then. Oh. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's like firefighters and police. But yes, I could mm-hmm. absolutely do this. But I would do it the way that we had a. Uh, Ari Shafir in yesterday, mm-hmm. where like I wouldn't work really hard and then go live on an island. I would work really hard and then travel all the other sure. time. Yeah, that way. I mean, that would wonder less. Yeah, that'd be appeal to uh, to have that time off to go yeah. do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it, you'd have to be physically able to do it. Here's a text that says: Traveling outside, linemen uh, sometimes mm-hmm. work only six months a year. Wow, uh, seven sixteen hours a day oh, for geez. six months. <laughs> Seven days a week, 16 hours a day for six months. But then they get the rest of that time off. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to just, you'd die if you didn't get some rest. I met some people that work on a boat, like, off of the waterfront in Chester. And that's what they'll do. They'll work for, like, three months straight and Mm -hmm. then have time off. Or some of them go get other jobs during that time, and that's how it is. Okay. They organize seahorse parties. That's what they do. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Seahorses. Forever. The, the the crabbers are taking time off. They don't want to, but they have to because there's a billion crabs oh. missing. Very weird. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see. I got another star here somewhere. Look at that fire, man. Look at that thing. Man, that thing is huge. All right. Here's one. Uh, you hear about this every now and then, but doctors in Italy shared details of a recent uh, delicate brain surgery during which a patient remained awake playing the saxophone. Wow. So they do brain surgery while people are awake sometimes. To keep them engaged. And they'll keep them engaged. And they'll also, they can tell, you know, how they're performing, how well they're doing. I, I, I thought they should do it with a trombone. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, 20 cc's of morphine, please. <laughs> Now, what if you can't? I love that. Are are you going to have difficulty if you can't play the saxophone? Uh, Are you going to (laughs) what? If you're going in for this operation and you can't play the saxophone. Yeah, that that might be. Well, you have to. All of a sudden, you fluently are just ripping through. All right. We're going to do five smaller surgeries involving the flutophone. Right. But eventually, you're playing Coltrane and, you Uh, The hospital in in Rome said in a news release that the 35-year-old patient... At the end of the surgery, he looked like Miles Davis. Identified as GZ, 
Uh, was kept awake and played his saxophone during the nine-hour surgery. Wow, man. <clears throat> you got to know a lot of music. Uh, removing tumor from his band. I don't think <laughs> he's playing the same anthem. same song oh. over and Baker over Street. Uh, this was from Quadrophenia. Uh, doctor said the musical performance allowed the surgeons to map the different functions of his brain as they operated. Kenny G. <laughs> the surgeons falling asleep. <laughs> People start falling in love over him. <laughs> uh, the surgery was apparently a success, and it went well. So uh, that's they actually will do that from time to time. If you have some kind of a talent, they'll have you. That is amazing. Do it while they're working. Well, what would we do? Would we have to put on a morning show? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be great. Uh, let's. Another Kathy with the traffic. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. <laughs> All right, here's one. Circle K, the gas station. Yes. Uh, uh, and convenience store chain uh, has teamed up with multi-state cannabis operator Green Thumb Industries to sell uh, licensed cannabis at Circle K gas outlets in the state of Florida. Well, that should go well. Okay, in Florida. I guess it's in a that's a recreational state. I assume uh, it, it is yeah, not. It, it is not. It's not. No, it's medical. Uh, the partnership marks the first time cannabis will be available for purchase at a gas station as marijuana has only been legally sold in dispensaries in the United States, while other countries with legal cannabis programs have sold marijuana in pharmacies. Uh, Green Thumb will sell the cannabis in spaces that it leases from 10 Circle K locations. Uh, The outlet that sells cannabis will be branded the Rise Express Stores, uh, which will have a separate entrance from the gas station. So it's connected to it. It's not, you're not going to be... Walking through, picking up, you know. I mean, listen, you can buy beer at gas stations and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. So this, I mean, this just seems a little wonky because we've never seen it before. But well, the design clearly, there's two mm-hmm. distinct entrances here. Well, and, and in Florida, uh, you can buy beer and wine inside of the uh, uh, inside of the uh, the grocery stores, mm-hmm. but for hard alcohol, they have a separate. A lot of times, the grocery stores will have a separate. Oh, uh, entrance, and you can go into the liquor store. So this is kind of reminds me of that. What about medicinal saxophones? <laughs> oh, I don't know if they've covered those yet. Um, uh, this to me is sort of like the uh, the first step towards the a Starbucks version of weed stores, right? Like it's just a matter of time before there is some type of like weed bucks. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in in places like Starbucks. Colorado, Starbucks, and- yes. Starbucks, yes. <laughs> You guys perfect. <laughs> start marketing that now. Perfect. But at some point, there are going to be chains of, of weed stores, especially in states where there's recreational. Yeah, Nick, uh, in Canada, Uber Eats started delivering weed, which is like kind of why uh, brands like GoPuffer existed. Okay. Like at some point, they will be able to deliver it. They just have to hold out. Yep, yep. So that's uh, that's another step. All right. Uh, what else we got? There's one. Rolls Royce just unveiled its first electric vehicle. Uh, it's called the Spectre. And how much you guys? $500,000. Okay, for, for a, uh, a Rolls-Royce EV. Yeah. What do you think? I don't think I don't think he's off the mark there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in the two fifty dollars to $500,000 range. Okay. Uh, $413,000. Yeah. Wow, um, you win. More than 300 American buyers have already put down a deposit for the two-door two coupe, according to CNBC. Uh, General Motors has unveiled its own high-end electric competitor, the Celestique, uh, and uh, the Celestique. That's, that's three hundred grand. Jesus. Good Lord, is that a caddy? Uh, it must be. 
Uh, so it's spelled C E L E S T I Q. Is that a Q? There's a whole. So this is a, a an entirely new line for them, right? Or you can buy a Chevy Bolt for thirty four thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, but three hundred grand for the Celestique. I've not seen what this looks like yet. So otherworldly. Uh, by the way, did you see that uh, BMW is also um, they're doing EVs and they they built a gigantic plant in Spartanburg, South Carolina. No. So they're going to be That's producing great. those in the United States, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, these are amazing, and uh, I think I just saw a commercial for the Mercedes one. The interior just looks so cool, like futuristic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it should be like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. Uh, Audi has a. I don't know what their interior looks like. It looks great. The Tron GT. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyhow, if you've uh, got the means for an EV Rolls, you can now purchase one. Who doesn't? <laughs> I, I saw the, this is a great story. Um, billionaire philanthropist Mackenzie Scott, uh, the ex of uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, has donated eighty-four point five million dollars to the Girl Scouts. That is a hefty sum. So they'll be buying some of those Rolls Royces, Chris. Uh, the gift from Scott marks the largest ever single donation in the organization's history. That's amazing. Uh, she walks the walk, man. Yeah, she, she really gives, spreads she gives, the money around. Gives it away. I mean. Uh, should we let her know we're looking for a fire truck? We should. <laughs> uh, the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, a daily ranking of the 500 wealthiest people in the world, estimates Scott's net worth to be $27.6 billion, makes her the 41st richest person in the world. After splitting from Bezos in 2019, she pledged to give away roughly half of her more than $35 billion away to charity. And then Bezos, I read the uh, biography of Jeff Bezos, and um, she figured prominently in his rise to success. Yeah. So she deserves all that. Uh, Scott's gift will go to Girl Scouts of the USA and 29 local councils. That's Scott's selection. I can go for some girl. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm getting Ooh. emotional every time I talk about it. the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> uh, CEO Sophia oh, Chang of the Girl Scouts called, called, called Scott's gift a great accelerator for our ongoing efforts to help girls cultivate the skills and connections needed to lead in their own communities and globally. So they do the cookies, do they? Um, it's the. Boy Scouts that'll do the popcorn, they do the popcorn. right? Mm-hmm. And the popcorn's good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Scott's donation marks at least the second record-breaking donation she has made this year to an organization mainly focused on serving girls and women. In March, she donated $275 million to women's health care provider Planned Parenthood, which went to the provider's national office and 21 regional affiliates. Is it the brownies that sell Alaskan king crab? Yes, that must yeah. be them. That's where they all went, all billion of them. Uh, that marked the largest donation from a single donor in the organization's more than 100-year history, uh, Plan- Planned Parenthood had said at the time. So, yeah, she's just that's what she's doing. She's going to continue to give away at least half of her money, which is uh, very admirable. And she cool. was married to Jeffrey Jeffrey Bezos? Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey I'm Bezos. sorry. Here yes. you go, Brad. All right, please. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> I tell you what, they traveled a long road together. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> they did it. It's a long road when you're on your own. Here we go. It's beautiful. <laughs> this is what you're going to get from a Friday show. Uh, let's see. All right, there's another high-profile uh, pickleball purchase. Oh, yeah. LeBron uh, was the biggest so far, right? Yeah, well, now, uh, let's see. Who was the most recent one? Durant, right? Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant. And uh, then Tom Brady. Uh, well, yeah, that's in there, too, but th- th- that was the other day. But, yes, Kevin Durant is the, the, the latest, and uh, 
also uh, Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors, and uh, Tom Brady. So uh, Durant jumped in, and uh, he I'm not sure what team he is on board with or what, what they bought. How much, okay, how much are they spending? $1,000. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because it seems like these guys are, are a lot of them are savvy investors. Uh-huh. Um, Isn't and- Kevin Durant a part owner of the union? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wonder, like, is... What's the investment? What's the investment, um, and is it a wise investment for somebody like me? Like, why are we not taking the... Uh, uh, you, the baton from these guys and going, well, okay, hang well, on I'll tell second, you what, this, yeah. is, this has seemingly gone through the litmus test of uh, durability as far as people staying interested in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, And when you get investors of this stature involved, it certainly raises the profile of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, in fact, Casey brought in his pickleball stuff, and we're going to attempt to maybe try to play that, as we said before. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I, I see it. It looks fun. I'm a big tennis fan. I want to play it. So uh, let's see... I guess what it, where it really has to move to is is the different leagues and and mm-hmm. and then and the, the prize uh, purses and all that stuff to, for it to really take that next leap. So, are you wondering, Casey, how much it might take for you to invest in a uh, yeah. in a pickleball team? And then what's the return? Team? What would um, you expect to pay for this Nick? Pickleball? See if you can find out uh, how much they've invested. I, I think I want to say, Casey, I, I don't. I'm not sure if it's in the seven figures or not. I want to say it stayed in the six figures. So I just, um, sorry to jump ahead of you, Nick. I was looking up as you guys were asking, and I'm finding pickleball expansion fees hit $1 million. So as each one of these players is buying a team, they're going up a little bit. But it's only a $1 million. Yeah, so you can you can be a part owner of right. a team for less than a million dollars. You can yeah. take you know like a thousand, yeah, like a thousand dollars. But then what's your what's your uh, continuing investment, right? So you you have now bought a franchise, sure. and now you have to run said franchise, and you have to spend money um, before. I mean, obviously, got to get sponsors and all that stuff. I see a major business opportunity right before our eyes here, Preston. Mm-hmm. If you contact LeBron <laughs> with your new pickles. Well, it all depends on if you just buy shares. You don't have to keep, uh, yeah. uh, you know, investing money into it. Yeah, but, but if I wanted to... to be, if I wanted to be the owner, oh yeah, then, yeah, then, then I would have to continue investing. But yeah, no, you're sure. right. Or I could just go, hey, you know, here, take a thousand bucks. It's yeah. like buying a uh, gaming team, right? Like a World World of Warcraft or any of those games. Like we own the Beasley owns one. We do. Yeah. Okay. With us? With us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember that that whole complex is supposed to go in over at uh, um, Xfinity Live, like a fifty-five, sixty million dollar uh, e oh. gaming uh, stadium, and, and it has it's kind of not doing anything now. All right. Here's an answer to a question. It says, "What do, does uh, American Pickleball Association franchise cost?" Says to buy a franchise with American Pickleball Association, you'll need to have at least fifty thousand dollars in liquid capital, and a minimum. Uh, net worth of $75,000. Yeah. Okay. Uh, franchises can expect to make a total investment of at least $35,000. They also offer a discount for veterans. It's the same for Krispy Kreme. I, I would imagine it's different. I, I would also imagine there's some different leagues, too, right, that right. you can buy into. So uh, that that has to do with the American Pickleball. There's the Gherkin League. Franchise. <laughs> I'm a bread and butter league. <laughs> The they Gherkins are sh- the kids. Yeah. yeah. Those they are the low sh- ones. You know what, dude? They should do that. Gherkin like, ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, in like the Premier League, they have the Premier League, the Champions League, and, you know, they have the tiers. Yeah. And the- like, what would the top tier of pickleball be, Preston, oh. in your mind? Oh, wow. It would be the Dill League, right? Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, would, I would imagine that's the most popular pickle that there is. Or you could, and then there could be like the spears and the chips and the, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, uh, the sandwich cut and, yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there we go. A whole variety. We of just options. fixed it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. What else we got here? Um, 
American Airlines. Here you go. I got one. American Airlines is phasing out its premium first-class cabins amid declining demand, the company said during a call with its investors yesterday. The world's largest airline based on fleet size will instead shift its focus into business class section. So let me let me preface this by saying it only applies to their flagship first class, which is available on its international and transcontinental flights. So uh, are we talking the pods or actual cabins? Because some airlines offer distinct differences. I have no idea what American Airlines flagship first class looks like. Right. Um, I've been in the international flights. Sort of the the. Um, the, the pod sort of arrangement where your, your chair goes all the way back into like a bed and you have the, these uh, um, privacy Doors. walls around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't go all the way up to the ceiling, but some actually do offer in first class mini cabins with closable doors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they're going to phase that stuff out. All right. American Airlines, they're going to focus uh, mainly on business class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, company's chief commercial officer said, yes, the first class will not exist on the Boeing 777 or, for that matter, at American Airlines for the simple reason that our customers aren't buying it. Well, they charge exorbitant rates for them as well. Yeah. Is this a picture of American Airlines? Yeah. Okay. So it looks like you have a, a small uh, little cubicle yeah. of, of sorts. And a bidet. And, uh, well, I don't see a bidet there, but I wouldn't oh, doubt no, it. Oh, like, that's how you have It's a pencil holder. <laughs> uh, so they said the quality of the business class seat has improved so much, and frankly, by removing it, we can go provide more business class seats, which is our customers most want, uh, What is what our customers most want and are most willing to pay for. Uh, so, yeah, if you've been a first-class flyer, then um, you're out of luck with American Airlines. I read a report this week uh, that said, uh, and I have an American Airlines uh, credit card because I, mm-hmm. that's what I usually fly most of the time, that they are becoming increasingly less useful. And, and you should rather, uh, in, instead of using those miles to cash in for flights, you should just get, like, a card that gives you cash back and use the cash that you get back to buy Interesting. your flights. Interesting. Because, really? because there are so many restrictions Nowadays, on uh, using miles, and also um, you, you need to use more miles to go anywhere. I don't have a, I don't have a credit card, but I do have, you know, I'm on with the rewards program, yeah. and so I get, I achieve miles. I never use them. Never use them for anything. I, I never have. really have looked I, into it. I, it's it I've used to be a lot. pretty easy. I, I, I got a uh, like a first class flight from Philly to L.A. direct. This was three or four years ago, and it was fifty thousand miles, which is a lot, but not that much. I was flying solo, and uh, and I was able to use that. Direct Philly to L.A. first class. Hmm. So to me, that's worth it. Um, but now it's like 130, and you, there are so many select times. Casey and I were talking about this a week or so ago because you were trying to use miles for something yeah. to change. And it's just... They sent be- you a Marlboro jacket. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't even smoke. But it just does, it's not really that worth it anymore for uh, hmm. for what you get for it. They used. There was a time where they were well worth having yeah. the, the car. You, you get for a lot sure. of benefits. I think when people talk about... The travel card to have is the American Express. You know the. Um, That's what my brother has. My my father, you know, has tra- traveled for decades with his job, um, and, and Nick. And um, the the offside to it is, I think, it's like five six hundred bucks a year. Well, and the the uh, lounges alone. Yeah. I, I, because my brother has one, and we stayed in the lounge in the Denver International Airport because we had a really like a six hour layover or whatever. 
are so nice. <laughs> Everything's taken care of when you're there. Mm. Like, it's just, it's to me, that was worth it. You get it through American Express? If you mm-hmm. have an American Express card, you can go into the Centurion Club, and it doesn't cost you anything. I mean, it costs you what it costs you to own the card for the year. Right. Uh, but you get access to these clubs, which in some airports are really freaking nice. They have mm. one in Philly. Really? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and But you can't go in if you don't have the American Express card. Interesting. It's yeah. one of the benefits. Now, you and I are method of transportation that we really enjoy is riding the rails. Of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're big fans of that hobo stew. Do you get any benefits from the American Express card? It, it's not the Centurion Club. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to close up the junk drawer, but uh, thank you for spending some time with us as I clean it out. And that can now uh, make some room in there first. Yes. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't forget, we're going to have director Ryan Johnson in the studio. We're going to talk to Kelly Ripa this morning. Our friend Eddie Alvarez will be joining us. You Who Loot is coming up in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Friday morning. Friday without Froggy, no. All right, uh, brought to you this morning, The Bizarre File, by uh, Red Robin. You can choose any style Red Robin Tavern double burger with bottomless fries and drink for just 10 bucks. This deal is ending real soon. Make sure you get it before it's gone. Dine in only at participating locations in PA. Red Robin, yum. yum. All right, so a British Airway passenger reportedly... Uh, stripped from their waist down, defecated on the floor of the plane, and then smeared themselves in their own feces before charging at other passengers and wiping the excrement all over the carpets and curtains of the cabin. Wow. From British Airways, by the way. So the incident allegedly occurred while passengers were still boarding a British Airways-operated Boeing 777-300 aircraft. They were just boarding? At London Heathrow Airport, yes. Perhaps Uh, we can get another flight. uh, They were bound for Lagos in Nigeria. Uh, British Airways has seemingly confirmed the nauseating episode with the spokesperson saying that the airline had apologized to passengers. We're so sorry about that poop thing. After the <laughs> flight was delayed so that a new plane could be found. We're going to get this one in tip-top shape, key mold will poop out and put you on another flight. While the contaminated cabin was deep cleaned. 
Uh, rumors. Everyone of, gets a free order of fish and chips. Of the incident started to spread last week after a leaked copy of what appears to be the aircraft maintenance log explained what had happened. Started to go viral on social media. How many people quit that day? Uh, the log book <laughs> reads: During boarding, passenger stripped from the waist down, defecated on a rear galley floor. He sat in it, rubbed it into the galley floor and aisle carpets. And then things quickly got even worse. Uh, the report read, he walked in uh, his own excrement and started running up the aisle. He smeared his arms from hands to elbow in oh fecal matter and aggressively ran at other passengers, flicking fecal matter around. Whee! That's what I get to do! And, and up door four over seats as he oh went. Oh, my God. The logbook noted that the curtains... And with that Wii clip, I, now I see Nick doing this running through the plane. That's what I get to do. <laughs> swear to God, it was not me. The logbook noted. He should have broke out the beverage cart. You could never get past that thing. Uh, that the curtains and carpets were severely contaminated and that a deep clean was required. Uh, the aircraft so sorry about that little incident. Was uh, taken out of service and passengers uh, endured a more than five-hour delay while uh, another plane was found. I think I know the answer, but did they ever get a good reason as to why this gentleman did this? No. Uh-uh. In a That's short, just the way I fly. In a short statement... Uh, the airline said, uh, we apologize to our customers for the delay to their flight and arrange for an alternate alternative aircraft to allow them to continue their journey. Uh-huh. Uh, a Baptist minister, renowned in Louisiana, has acknowledged stealing nearly $900,000 from his church. Uh, also, the affiliated rental properties that is his con- uh, congregants and also a charter school. So I he's, have seen. He stole from all of them. I have seen. And uh, I liked it. Uh, Charles Southall III, who for more than three decades led First Emmanuel Baptist Church in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, pleaded guilty on Tuesday to charges of money laundering. What you need to know is I cannot fly a commercial. Uh, the I med- needed that money from a new Learjet. Uh, the minister embezzled donations from congregants that were meant to fund church charitable projects oh, and building improvements. What a scumbag. He also took grant and loan funds awarded to the Edgar P. Harney Spirit of Excellence Academy, which he had created and diverted them to a bank account controlled by him and a co- co-conspirator whose name was withheld from documents. Hey, w- at least uh, Kenneth Copeland and those guys. Yeah. They're telling you uh-huh. that they just need they need a new jet. Turn around, bend over, and drop your trousers. Yeah. At least they're being honest yeah. and saying, we need a new jet. This, this guy tried to keep up the... Yeah, uh, he's just flat out stealing like, it. I'm a man of God. Oh, my God. But those guys are bastards as well. All right. So, for some unexplained reason, a wanted man was covered head to toe in black paint when California police apprehended him last week. Did he feel that that would keep him like in ninja mode? Maybe. Investigators have been looking uh, to arrest Rufus Barron on an outstanding warrant when his mother called police to report that her son was asleep in her home. Quick, paint yourself in black and they'll think you're not here. When officers arrived at the residence around 1.30 a.m., they discovered Barron coated in black paint. (laughs) <laughs> Baron would not say how he came to be covered in it. You should have used invisible paint. Like house paint or like face paint? Mm, I, I, it's a good question, Case. I'm the not sure. The thing to do, Preston, would have been to have painted what appears to be the entrance to a tunnel right. on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a search of Baron uh, turned up a glass smoking pipe containing methamphetamine. Uh. Cops suspected that Baron had been on a meth bender, which could have prompted the paint application. Yeah, that probably led to it. He's being held in the county jail on multiple charges. And then we'll do one more story and wrap it up. Then we have a guest we're going to go to. A balloonist who gave three valuable parrots a lethal heart attack by flying over their cages 
has been told by the court to pay the owner 55,000 euros in compensation. Wow. How did this happen? Uh, the birds literally died of fright when the hot air balloon was <laughs> taking part in a competition. In March 2017, sailed by just 50 meters from their aviary and fired up the balloon's main burner. So those, oh, that they're, was it. Okay. They're loud. Right. Of the noise that the blast caused the animals were tens of thousands of euros, uh, so much stress that they expired. Oh, God damn it. Uh, so according to Richard Loomis, who is the owner of the, the zoo owner and parrot expert, he said parrots can die of acute heart failure and not because of any unexpected noise. I didn't realize this. He said this must have been some bang. Uh, the balloon company admitted that the balloon had flown below the 300-meter limit designed for the zone, uh, designated for the zone, but uh, contested that uh, the parrots had died of stress caused by the balloonist's actions based on a vet's testimony. That's why one of them it. said Polly won a nitroglycerin pill. Uh, alternative causes brought forward for the demise of the parrots were dismissed by the judge, and he, they have to pay up the balloon operators. Then they're expensive, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. Uh, before we go to our guest, I do want to give something away uh, because our friends from Lorenzo's oh. and Sons Pizza are here. Giuseppe's here. It's amazing. Uh, located in Westchester, I have a fifty dollars gift card for the Westchester location, the legendary Lorenzo and Sons Pizza. We'll take caller number 16 at 215-263-WMMR. They've been serving the best pizza in town for five decades. Visit Lorenzo & Sons on High Street in Westchester in Xfinity Live and Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. But these gift cards are good for the Westchester location. All right, 215-263-WMMR. All right, we have a guest who is on the line, and there is an event. It's taking place uh, tomorrow afternoon, and this is a uh, watch party, and it's for UFC 280. We've got our man on the line, Eddie Alvarez, Yay! is joining us. Yo, Eddie. <laughs> Good morning, guys. I miss you. Yeah, we miss you. How have you been, man? I'm excellent, man. I'm uh, feeling good. I'm a free agent now. <laughs> you are a free agent? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, you fought in a lot of different leagues, UFC being one of them. And uh, and, and so right now, you're not you're not married to or tied to any league in particular? No, and damn, does it feel good? Oh, really? So it's, it's been liberating for you. Yeah, typically I'm, I'm, you know, you're under promotion, under contract, and just feeling the pressure of this and that, and it's good to not feel that pressure and actually just like come. I want to come back to America, finish my last fights here, and I'm um, kind of, uh, you know, do do take the biggest, the biggest, best fights here in America, and kind of. And this thing fun. Yeah, wow. you were you were in Asia. Where, where in Asia were you for a while? Uh, so I, I fought in uh, Singapore and Philippines, um, and I also fought in Tokyo. And uh, when we were in Thailand for a little bit, so it was fun. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Why? Um, why at last so one championship? We had a good. We had a good uh, experience there. But like, it was time to come to home. Time to come back to America. Nice. Did your family come out and visit you while you were there at all, Eddie, or was that just too logistically difficult? No, me, me and Jamie went together, me and my wife. Okay. Uh, I think some of the countries were a little bit, uh, not Singapore being one of them, but Manila, um, Tokyo is hard to navigate. Um, so when they're hard to navigate, like, like to with, with the language barrier and stuff like that. Manila is a little bit dangerous, so like I don't like to kind of you know uh, take take a risk. And right. Kids come visit until me and Jamie know what the hell is going on. Yeah. So uh, 
Eddie, uh, UFC 280 will be held in Abu Dhabi tomorrow, air tomorrow. Um, yeah. We have to ask you the question, do you know the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? I haven't been. I haven't been to either one. Well, I can inform you: the people in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but the people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> dude, dude, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to use that tag joke. It's amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, um, because you have you have fought so in, stupid. in different time zones, I want to ask you about uh, you know the preparation for that stuff. I, we were talking to Paul Felder, and and he's over. There and he's going to be like a ringside commentator, and he was in Vegas like two or three days ago, and now he's in Abu Dhabi, and so as a and so he's just commentating uh, as a fighter. Um, like, how early do you need to get over to that time zone uh, and and start training so that you're you're not gassed or tired or you know jet lagged or any of those things? Yeah. So the rule book for athletes is for every hour difference, you got to be there a day before. So like if if you're dealing like a place like Singapore or Asia, like like over there, it's it's typically like 13 hour difference or something like that. So you you would want to get there two weeks before to acclimate properly. Wow. But it, the truth is, like I remember, like back uh, back in younger, like when I was younger, like I I just. It's all in your head, man. Like, if you get over there and you believe you're the best in the world, you'll figure out a way to win a fight. No yeah. What. Like, your body, your brain is, and, and what you tell yourself is more important. There's, there's a lot more, has a lot more say than, you know, it'll control your body and you'll get, you'll win the fight. That's, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense yeah. because as, as physical as it is, you know, sheer force of will. I mean, obviously, you cannot be, you know, 40 pounds overweight and, and uh, all the, the stuff that would be very obviously detrimental to you. But, you know, mind over matter and, and willpower has is, is got to be so much of this sport, Eddie, correct? It's it's almost all of it. Like, I would say, like people say, oh, this is 90% mental. This is, no, this is. This is incredibly mental. Fighting's incredibly mental because there's got there's guys who prove it all the time. They're not that good of fighters, but their belief is incredible, and they go out there and they perform. And um, it's a lot more mental than most sports, you know. Most you know, sports, you, know uh, you know, it's interesting. We, and there's a uh, a channel that both uh, Preston and I have been watching a little bit on YouTube, and I I, I sent them a couple of videos, and they sort of break down the methodology behind some of the great fights and fighters. And um, there's a whole thing of, of Mike Tyson and the, the, the early perception that he was, you know, just this fire plug and this slab of meat who would just with incredible hitting power. The, he is thinking through those bouts like nobody's business. And it is, it is a very complex second to second um, roster of things that he's doing. It's so much more involved than most people think. Yeah. No, absolutely. They they trained him like not only is the body trained that way, but Gus D'Amato, like with Mike Tyson, like every night he'd go in his room and tell him tell him what he is because he knew he knew Mike, you know how much he doubted himself and how much um, he didn't believe in himself. So like that part of it, having a trainer that you trust, that kind of in, like encourages you and instills that courage in you. Yeah. Um, that belief system, like it, to, to keep practicing that every day and every night and every morning, that's just as important as keep practicing your, your training and, and your right hand and your jabs and, and that stuff. But, um, yeah, that's, 
that's uh, that's fighting, man. It's it's very very mental. So you're uh, you're calling us right now because of the uh, there's a watch party, two, uh, UFC two eight eighty watch party at, at Parks tomorrow, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it's going to be tomorrow night. And I'm like, oh wait, no, it's it starts at like ten a.m. tomorrow. Whoa! And the main card is in the afternoon because obviously the the fights are in Abu Dhabi. So mm-hmm. what what time do you plan on being there? Yeah. So um, quick, I I I joined the the Bet Parks team uh, not too long ago. Awesome group of guys. Um, and they're actually building like a state of the art podcast room right now, so we can break down fights and do fight content all year long. Wow. Um, I I'm super excited about that. Um, so why why wait to get signed with a promotion? We'll be um we'll be talking fights and fight analysis. But these fights going on, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over to Bet Parks. Um, I'm going to be there by 2 o'clock. The main card starts at 2. I'll be there slightly before because I want to see our man, Sean Brady, do his thing, our, our Philly guy do his thing tomorrow. Um, so I'll be there slightly early at the parks to watch them. So if you guys want to watch them with me, come on over. Let's watch them and bet some fights um, at, at parks. But, uh, yeah, I'm with this team. I love these guys. Um, they're a great group of guys with a great vision and uh, – I'll be there. I'll be there all year. All right, that's 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 really cool. And you're 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 good to have someone who knows the 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 sport inside and out, dissect it for you, mm-hmm. uh, just adds an extra element to it. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, who's betting? You guys bet? You guys betting the fights? I, I'm betting that the people of Abu Dhabi do. Yeah. <laughs> I, now listen, I, I love it, but no. but I I don't know I don't know the fighters well enough no, to, to, to put round, any yeah. of my my money on it. But uh, there are people out there that I trust uh, that I will when I see their picks and stuff like that. There's a guy down the hall, Pat. Uh, I'm like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Okay. Uh, you know, I would I would take advice from you because I know that you're pretty dialed in with the sport. So, uh, all, right, all right, well, let's take it from me. I'm going to give you my pick. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So, um, may, maybe some of the listeners can make some money too. So, um, for the for the main for the not the main card, Sean Brady's going to be the um, top of the I believe the prelims. He's going to be the top of the prelims. He's at minus one forty eight on Bet Parks right now. Um, I would take Sean Brady. I think that's a that's a easy win for for the audience. I got Gamrod at minus one ninety five, and then an underdog bet would be T.J. Dillashaw. I have someone, an insider, who's watched thousands and thousands of footage and tape, who loved T.J. Dillashaw at minus one thirty uh, plus one thirty five. He thinks he's the underdog huh. uh, bet of the bet of the night. Okay, what All about right. the main card? Um, some, the main, the main, see, I don't, I don't love, uh, I, I would take gun to my head. I'd take Islam for the main event, mm. but, um, I don't typically, when I'm trying to make money, I don't bet the big fights because they're too closely matched. Right. Ah, I mean, that's they actually really smart are. Yeah. yeah. It's a good idea. So All right. I like that. And for a fun parlay, it's like, I would call it like a live dogs, guys who can, can win and make some money. A fun parlay would be T.J. Dillashaw, Oliveira, and O'Malley all in one shot. Um, take it for a little bit of money, not a lot. But um, these are really live dogs who, who all have a shot to win. Um, and if they all win, you'll get paid out big. So let's all right. This is stuff I'll be doing tomorrow. So live, okay. when people are betting that at parks, they can bet with me. We can make money together. We can lose together. Yep. We can have a great time. <laughs> All right. So this in a fantasy fight, who would you take, you or me? <laughs> <laughs> 
We I, we were talking about that yesterday, Keith, about making that happen. But you said you said you're going to need a decade or two. Yeah, I yeah. Know. How many? How many? If you're fighting an Eddie Alvarez, how many decades per hour? Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. I started taking Brazilian jiu-jitsu last week, and uh, once once the the mat burns on my toes heal, I'll get back in there, and uh, I think I might be able to take it. Mix yeah. it up with Eddie. Yeah, or All at right. least walk across the street for a sandwich. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Yep. You, you can either you can bet on the on the parks app. Or you can go and join Eddie Alvarez live for this event Very tomorrow, cool. which is a pretty sweet deal. And you heard his picks, which is uh, which is awesome. So that's it. Uh, Parks Casino and Sportsbook tomorrow. The main card uh, starts around 2 o'clock, but Eddie says he's going to be there a little bit early. Dude, great to check in with you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, Eddie? Yeah, nice, nice talking to you guys again. All right, take it easy. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah! We do need to take a break because uh, Ryan Johnson's here. Yes! He is in the Acme Lounge as we speak, so we'll come back in a second. We'll talk Knives Out, the new uh, film, Glass Onion, yeah. and uh, there's a screening of it tonight. We'll tell you about that when we get back. Very cool. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the fourth annual Market Street Run for Blue. This Sunday, you can run or walk this five-mile course down Market Street, starting and ending in Old City, with proceeds benefiting the Philadelphia Police Foundation and awards for top finishers in multiple age groups. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. This Sunday, 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. We're excited to have our next guest back in our studio. Last time he was here, he was promoting uh, Knives Out. This time around, uh, it's the sequel to that film, a Knives Out mystery titled Glass Onion. You got it, Casey? There we go. Thank you. Please welcome Ryan Johnson yeah. to our show this morning. Sorry, I, I had a last-second audible on the song. I'm like, do we have Glass Sunday from the Beatles? we got to get that on right now. Nice to see you, Ryan. Uh, so, it makes me so happy to be back. I had such a good time last time. I walked Excellent. in. I was just like, ah. <laughs> We're glad you had a good memory. Yeah. We have pizza, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that song that we, we led into, that that actually, obviously, it was is part of your psyche as you're putting together the movie. Yeah. How how uh, how much of a sway did the Beatles influence have over your decisions in the movie? Uh, it's pretty huge. And if it, any Beatles nuts who watch the movie, you keep your eyes really peeled because we planted a ton of little oh. Beatles Easter eggs. <laughs> I tell you what, Knives Out was so sensational. I've seen it so many times. There's uh, this genre in particular... I, I I don't know anyone who can't get amped up for for a, a murder mystery with a with a cast of characters. One of them is guilty, maybe multiple parties are guilty. It's like again, it goes back to my take on horror movies. Even even bad ones are good. You're doing state of the art, top level ones, which makes them so fantastic. Um, this has always been. A, a, a big love of you of yours genre wise since the beginning, correct? Yeah, this was. I mean, that, all of this comes from me having memories of watching those old Agatha Christie movies, like <sighs> Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express, sitting around the, the TV with my family watching those and just thinking. This is the best thing ever, and wanting to do that, but like set it like in the modern world. That's well, kind of the whole premise. The, the great thing is also, and and uh, with uh, the reviews are sensational for the movie. By the way, um, uh, is that um, they the ones that are done right, and as you did with Knives Out, they employ humor they, they, because the situation itself lends itself to that, and. Um, 
all the reports back, and I watched a number of interviews with the cast and so on and so forth, that uh, they really loved that this is a, a little bit more infused with humor than perhaps Knives Out was. Yeah, our, our philosophy with these movies is we want the audience to be having such a good time, they forget they're supposed to be solving the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you, but like with Knives Out, you kept the meticulous nature of, see, I, and we, I think we talked about this last time, it's such a letdown when... Um, it, there hasn't the architecture of the the plot hasn't really been thought out, you know. And sometimes it just phone it in the last. Yeah. The way everything wrapped up in knives out was so perfect. And so uh, I have to ask you: Do you do you start with the conclusion and retro write it, or how do you go through the process? Kind of. I have a really weird process. I spend the first eighty percent of writing working in little notebooks, just drawing out like almost like architecture, like the structure of the story. Right. So I've got to have the roadmap in front of me before I sit down. The la- very last thing I do is I sit down and I type out the script. At that point, I've got the whole thing kind of planned out like a blueprint in my head. How many times from the time that you finish that to? I mean, this would seem to be a kind of a hard movie to call an audible on the the set and say we're going to change because you have to be surprised really it it happens yeah yeah it happens and on this one in particular there was one thing that was a small thing but the small thing in this uh, this type of movie becomes a big thing (laughs) that someone brought up to me and i was like oh dang (laughs) yeah was it a continuity no it was like a logic thing with the mystery thing and that and that's your nightmare by the way on the set of these movies is anytime an actor's coming up to you you think this is going to be the question that unravels the entire thing. Oh, my God, that's but luckily right. Luckily, that didn't happen. I think it's this has the same pleasure as the first one, I hope, where where it feels really satisfying at the end because we put a lot of work into making sure the mystery all holds together. Excellent. Who, who do you turn to when, when you're in that, that storyboard process, when you're getting this together and, and yeah. eventually you have, your, you have your, your linear path and this is going to go from A to B? Um, once you have it all written out, who, who do you trust to, to go through that and go make sure that... Uh, that you covered all your bases because no matter how you uh, uh, you test things until you beta test it and throw it out there, you're like, oh my god, we, we didn't think of that. <laughs> how did I miss that? How did yeah. I miss that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of really good writer friends that are really close to me who aren't going to BS me, and so um, yeah, I got two friends, Dan and Stacy Sheridan. They're like the first people I show any script to, and a couple other good buddies. And I think that's what you got to do. You got to show it to friends who aren't going <laughs> to yeah yeah you, but who are actually going to say yeah this still needs work. And did they find? anything when, uh, yeah, in this I mean, particular one? I mean, I think it's, it's less about, like, finding mistakes in the mystery. It's more about this, the middle of this is boring. Okay. Or I don't really care about this character. Or you know, It's story stuff. And, that, again, that's kind of the whole thing in this movie is, is hopefully they work as just really fun movies right. uh, uh, first and foremost. I wanted to ask as a uh, as a fan, as a, as a fan of, of actors and what they do, when you have an ensemble cast, because obviously both of these films have incredible ensemble cast. Stellar. And you're getting people together that maybe haven't, uh, they're maybe just meeting for the first time, yet there are these big, well-known stars. Do you sometimes sit back and just kind of watch that and go, (laughs) watch their personal interactions? (laughs) Not not the work part, but the personal thing and go, wow, this is really happening over here. Well, we would, I mean, we shot the first half of the movie in Greece, second half in Belgrade in Serbia. And it was during the Delta surge, so we were all really locked down in the hotel together. So to blow off steam on the weekends, we would rent out the rooftop bar and we would go up there with the whole cast and play murder mystery games. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. We played Mafia, or some people call it Werewolf. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and so it, it that was amazing to watch this cast of actors, uh, you know, who were in this murder mystery all get super drunk together and play mafia together. <laughs> the dynamics were fascinating. Well, who, was, who was really good at it? 
You know, uh, Kate Hudson and Leslie Odom Jr. took it really seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Janelle Monet, she would show up. I don't know how she did it. She would show up in full costume. She, like Sherlock Holmes cape and like fake mustache and pipe. <laughs> she would have created a detective character and she would stay oh. in character. for. The, she was just amazing. So it's, it's like you get a group of actors together to blow off steam. They're, they're going to act. It's uh, wild that, that that happened this way during, uh, you know, the, the, the Delta surge. I've heard, I'm a massive Bond fan, loved uh, Daniel Craig, and, um, you know, obviously, this is a new series for him, a new six, hopefully, you know, which is the second film, I don't want to pressure you, uh, but um, the uh, the legend is, is that when you're on set, uh, and Daniel Craig is an actor like he was with the Bond movies, he throws these parties. Oh, yeah. And did that, okay. <laughs> Leave the legends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how, how ornate and how uh, wonderful were they? Oh, so, so the first day that we were, like, because we started in Greece, you can just imagine, like, everyone, he invited everyone over to, like, his, the house he was renting right. like, on the ocean for, like, a cocktail party. Huh. It felt like a scene from one of the Bond movies. movie. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was, yeah, so, uh, no, he's, I mean, it, it, you know, they say that it all comes from the top, and I think Daniel being kind of the anchor of all of these casts, I think that's a huge part of the reason we've had such a good time. On he's, he's so talented. The, the Benoit character is so, um, is so great, uh, and uh, but again, you have all these different high power. You have uh, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Dave Bautista, uh, Kate Hudson, <laughs> Ed Norton. Yeah. Now, Ed Norton, we've heard, and I, I love Ed Norton, but Ed Norton is um, is very precise and, and likes to give his input to directors that he feels aren't up to the task. I can't imagine <laughs> he had that situation with you. No, we, it, we had the time of our lives. Too, oh, right? that's great. And, and we, we were like two kids playing in a sandbox together. It's just, I, I love Edward so much. <laughs> we he's so a, good. He's yeah. so funny in the movie. He and he's, he's playing kind of like a tech billionaire and he has so much fun with the part just roasting that type of person. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. no, we, we had a blast, man. Uh, and even um, Daniel Craig's choices as an actor in the beginning of the movie, you're like, wait a second, this isn't the same guy that I remember from Knives Out. And then, uh, you know, you, you sort of start to understand why. And it wasn't, you know, my, wa- uh, my wife, mm-hmm. my daughter. <laughs> my daughter and I, South. we're not touching that with <laughs> a 10 Me ball. neither, me neither. My daughter and I were discussing, because we saw the film on on, um, on Monday, we were discussing on the way home, and that's when I was able to sort of dissect for her, yeah. you know, like the difference in, in the character, and it's the same person, but, you know, yeah. you know why those choices were made. He's doing everything in it for a reason. That That's part of the fun of this movie, not to get ahead of ourselves, but it's, it's almost made to be seen a second time more than <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you'll see a second time and realize oh that's why he's doing this oh that's why that yeah hopefully that's awesome. that'll be satisfying uh, if you're just jumping in it's uh, director Ryan Johnson uh, who's here and uh, it's a Glass Onion a Knives Out mystery that we're talking about the uh, show the, the film is coming out on Netflix in December but there is a screening tonight nice uh, it is part of the 31st uh, Philadelphia Film Festival uh, so you can go to filmadelphia.org. Are you doing q and A? I I am going to do an intro q and can't. I can't wait. We had such a good time at the screening la- la- with the last one here. To the precision of what you were just talking about, here's a review that says another masterful murder mystery from Ryan Johnson. Just like his first film, Glass Onion, will warrant multiple viewings, as you just said, to fully soak in the wild amount of precision and passion that went into the filmmaking. Um I mean, you obviously make films for the audiences, but it doesn't hurt seeing reviews like that, right? I mean, that's nice. The best thing, though, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the screen tonight, but I'll tell you, if you can see this movie in the theater with a crowd, yeah. um, it's 
a really fun ride. I, it is. So, so and the that's the thing. Mur- Murder on the Orange Express, I remember seeing the original version yeah. in the theater. Yeah. You know, Sean Connery, everybody in that guy. And that the audience was dialed in. It. Yeah. And we were laughing. I mean, I like, yeah. the, the, the crowd that I was watching with, we were laughing. It's not a comedy. Yeah. But it is. There are very funny <laughs> points that aren't forced. I'm like, this is, this is like, legit funny. And, and just yeah. a very... You know, subtle jabs and, and stuff. That's what you try for. You try for humor, not from like sticking jokes in it, but just because the situation or the character is funny. Yep, that's, that's the, the best. Yeah. yeah. You have a very um, interesting um, uh, issue with this film. Not an issue, I should say. It was kind of an honor. You have cameos from two giants uh, who uh, have since passed. It's, it's gotten out in the news, so yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone sure. sort of knows. And they are Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim. Right, two huge, wow. huge heroes, people. heroes of mine. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you, how did you um, successfully orchestrate that? We just approached them, and I don't. It's it's just a tiny little cameo in the movie. It's just like one little really fun moment. But um, I'm so, I mean, they're two heroes of mine. I'm grateful they're in it. But more than that, I'm grateful because when I filmed the cameos with them, I got like you know ten minutes with each of them, and just well, just the fact that I was able to tell both of them like what their work meant to me. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the biggest. Thing. But yeah, we just reached out. I mean, Stephen Sondheim, I guess, had seen the first one. He's a big murder mystery nut. And so he was into it. And Angela Lansbury was so, like, generous and patient. And I came over to her house with my laptop, and it was it was pretty great. Did she? So you, we kind of just re- recorded some stuff, and did she have any idea? Cause, I mean, she, had she gotten the script, or? No, I don't think she read the script. She there's. I don't want to spoil it, but she's, well, I'll spoil What the heck? She's <laughs> in the game. She's, yeah. like, playing a video, supposed to be playing a video game. Okay. <laughs> in the movie. And she's not, Angela Lansbury was not a gamer. She was many things. <laughs> That's a shock. That's a, a shock. She's on a Call of Duty. But she was so sweet. She was just like, like, you know what? This is not my thing, but you just talk me through it and let me know. And she was Aww. she was so lovely. Well, you're getting a papal blessing from yeah. uh, the murder she wrote. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. So um, you were talking about watching the movie again for just to catch things that maybe you didn't catch the first time and little Easter eggs. I, I want to watch it again because the set was so beautiful. Mm. I mean, just so many aspects of it. The Glass Onion itself was just... Gorgeous. I, I, I mean, and just breathtaking. And, uh, you know, so I, I would like to do that again. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, the, the um, when they sit down for dinner, uh, you know, the, that whole room. And, you know, can you talk about the set design? Yeah. My, so our production designer, Rick Heinrich, he did uh, the Star Wars movie that I made. We, we worked with him on well, that. That little indie film. That little yeah. thing. <laughs> that little thing. It was in a few theaters. Uh, but the, he's, he's re- he and, and he did a bunch of movies with Tim Burton. So he's really good at doing really nuanced, artful design, but on a huge scale, which is kind of what we needed for this movie because the lead character is a tech billionaire. He's going to yeah. do everything huge. So, yeah. And there's sort of, the, and you said, the tech billionaires, and, and so there's there's a uh, a sort of a light social commentary that, that runs its way through it, which is, you know, and I love as you talk about humor shouldn't be sledgehammered. Yeah. This shouldn't be sledgehammered no, as well. Yeah. Everyone gets where you're going. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just a, a solid murder mystery and you know that's just a that's just a crowd pleaser you you mentioned stephen sondheim being a fan has anyone else of of that ilk or that level uh uh, let you know what a fan they are of of what you're doing with these films boy if they are please reach out (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna find them in philly yeah 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 no i uh, yeah yeah no i've I've gotten some really nice notes from really some some of my heroes yeah any mystery writers that you yourself are uh 
Well, I I mean, uh, this all comes from me loving Agatha Christie, but yeah. recently I've discovered John Dixon Carr. If anyone was a mystery nut, I'd, I'd encourage you to go explore some of his books. Right, he, had, right. he had a great detective named, named Gideon Fell, who's a total jerk and really funny. <laughs> so, John Dixon Carr, I'd, I'd look him up Very cool. for a good mystery. You also brought up uh, that independent Star Wars movie that you did <laughs> that was in a few theaters. And, and I was, I'm curious, Ryan, if you uh, watched uh, She-Hulk. Uh, no, I haven't yet. A friend of mine wrote on it. I've got queued. I have so much stuff lined up. I'm I haven't sure. watched Andor yet. I've got Andor piling up. I oh, keep it's hearing great. it's fantastic. You're like it is. If, I if you cannot like, wait. Yeah. If you liked Rogue One, uh, it's, yeah. it's just very much in that vein. Uh, but the season finale, if and when you watch She-Hulk. I uh, heard about this. Okay. So <laughs> it just it made me think of you, and, and I, it also made me think of like Kevin Smith, and just people essentially being dicks to be dicks about pop culture stuff. And it, and, and I'm, you got a ton of it for Last Jedi. I happen to love the movie. If you don't, I, I get it. But like it's it's just interesting. It, it's for me. Yeah. It's new Star Wars stuff that I'm alive to watch and enjoy. And Andor's the same way. And Mandalorian. And and I love the the three movies, including the one that you did. So I don't care if, if you, the listener, don't like it. I liked it. You know. And t- yeah. so it's just interesting to me to see how people take it so damn seriously. Well, look, I, I grew up as a Star Wars fan, you know, and I grew up just as a kid. Ar- the whole deal was you argue with your friends on the playground Well, you liked it and didn't like it. And, man, I was in my 20s when the prequels come out. You want to mm-hmm. talk about arguing? You want to yeah. talk about Absolutely. bad reaction? Yeah. So for me, it's part of the Star Wars experience. And I think the key is people like different things, people dislike different things. That's all a great part of the fan base. I think there's a there's a toxic element of that can, yeah. that can slip in and turn into abuse online, and that we gotta, Wait, we gotta you, stamp the hell let out. Let me ask you about that. Yeah. Should the tact be to not give that oxygen? Because no, I'll see, no, you gotta uh, shut it down. Because uh, I'll, I'll down. see promotional, yeah. like, the, 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 they'll put all this effort into getting these tweets that might not ever have been seen. Mm. Totally. Big coverage. And, and it, to me, that almost seems antithetical. You're actually satisfying the beast by doing that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Look, I, I think we're all feeling our way through it, but I think there's a real feeling right now where, because I'll tell you, my experience with the Star Wars fan base has been so positive yeah. and so lovely. The best fans in the world and just so much positivity. And so I know what an exception to the rule that small group of yes talk- and i'm not talking about who liked the movie or didn't like the movie i'm right. talking about toxic i'm talking about abuse right yeah, yeah, right. different yeah. thing different thing right. so um no and i i think though all these fan bases are slowly realizing you know what it's not enough to just ignore this stuff you got to make it clear to everybody that this is not welcome in our community, right. and this is not who we are. And Again, we have not to shun it and push it out. Not like or dislike. No, this targeting is not people about what you and raging. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the girl who played Rose, yeah. you know, 100%. for instance, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. they, you know, she had taken a, a ton of abuse, and yeah. and I wasn't down with that at all. And first of all, I loved her character, but uh, yeah, um, I want to ask about. Uh, what I think might be the greatest television show of all time, and you have a fingerprint on that, and that is Breaking Bad. And you directed three, I think, of, of the best episodes that came out, Fly, uh, 51, and Ozymandias. So this time, one month ago, I was in Albuquerque, uh-huh. and so, so these guys allowed me to drive across the country um, and do it in live check-ins on the show, and I ended up in Albuquerque, and I knew that I was going to drive past Walter White's house. I knew that I was going to do that. But as I was driving there, I was thinking, I wonder if the car wash is actually in Albuquerque as well. And then I looked to my left, and I, there was a car and wash. Was it. And, I, and I went and got the car wash there. And it was, it, for me, I was so, I, I think that was the most excited I was for the entire trip, was just being in that area, because, it, I mean, the show was just 
I think perfect. Um, it was phenomenal. How did you end up um, directing any of the episodes? Well, Vince Gilligan, you know, who's, who's, it's his show, he had seen my first movie, Brick, which was this kind of weird little indie detective movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he liked it. He gave me, gave me a call. And, and so we just stayed in touch and... and yeah, I man, I felt so lucky to get to be be ride that bus for a couple of stops. And you got yeah. two of the episodes in in the final season. I still can't believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I still can't believe it. And I did I tried not to leave any fingerprints on it. I tried to be a thief in the night and just kind of deliver it, you know, and uh try, just tried to get what was on the page that was so good up there on the screen. You know, it's it's, it's always interesting uh, in that case. I think when you're called into something that has a um, you know, the, the legend precedes it. Um and as a, as a good director and obviously you're a phenomenal director, um, you want to come in and serve that plot, but also put a little bit of you in it and finding that balance between both. Is that difficult? Not, I mean, I don't actually. I, I, even with my own, you don't, I, don't, you don't, I don't think it's healthy to sit down and think, how do I get my stamp or my personality? Right, right. It's got to all just be about telling the story the best you can. Now, yeah. in doing that, it's almost like speak with your speaking voice. You have your natural accent from where you grew up. Right. Very naturally, your voice is going to come through because it's you telling it, but you don't give any purposeful thought to this is my kind of shot that i do or something it's it's natural it's going yeah, to come just, through anyway you just try and tell the story as best you can i oh, think yeah one of our i know nick murphy is a massive fan of this as am i looper is a, a love the movie you worked with bruce willis um since then we've heard uh, about his health and, and and issues have have you had any chance to communicate with him or i haven't i haven't directly no yeah no, but um God, I had such a good time with him. He was so sweet and wonderful when we made Looper, and he just worked so hard on that part. And He's phenomenal. He's when he, so when he was doing promotion yeah. for it, yeah. you could see how proud he was of the movie. Yeah, rightly so. He, he, his performance in that movie is so good, and I had such a good time working with him. And yeah, my... my Heart goes out to yeah. his family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to hear you t- talking about how nice these people are. <laughs> yes. Yes, seriously, yeah, seriously, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We, we, you know, we, we do a little entertainment segment where we, you know, run through what's going on in Hollywood. And it's just littered with stories. And, and lately, of uh, people reporting, uh, you know, what a jerk that person was. Yeah. It was really hard to work with that person 20 years ago, and they're finally starting to to say these things. It's refreshing to hear that. Everybody's having a good time there's with Ryan good, Johnson. Good, there's good people. Yeah, yeah. I, try, I try and create an environment on my set where you have to really want to be a jerk to be a jerk on my set. <laughs> you have to really put a lot of work into it. Yeah. My guess is you would you wouldn't suffer it quick for long though, no, right? No, but yeah. not. It's not like I like you know, have to have like a heavy fist or something. You just I, I create an environment where everybody feels good. Everyone feels. Supported. You don't have a riding crop as you're directing and all. Nah, not yet, not yet. He actually reminds me of Nick Murphy yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Who's just kind of yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. Everybody good? We're good. Oh Everybody's man, yeah, good, good, good. good. That's yeah. what he. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Be nice. Be kind. Work yeah. together. Until it's time yeah. to not be, be nice. nice. Hey, as Dalton Totals in yeah. Roadhouse. Yes. Yes. Is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt awesome? Because oh, I love yeah. him as an actor. So it's funny. We we've you know we've stayed really good friends since Looper, and I always find a way to work him in. In Glass Onion, he's got a little like voice thing that he does. Ah. He's the hourly dong. This one. He's dong. He's dong. There'll be nothing to you. Now you have to see the movie just to figure out what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Dorm. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I'm making my first TV show, actually. I'm making this show with Natasha Leone. Oh, oh she's great. Face. It's coming out the beginning of next year. It's kind of like a 
uh, Rockford Files, Columbo, like case of the week, like her solving crimes. I love those Sunday night mystery movies. You'd have Columbo, Rock, uh, uh, um, 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 Magnum PI, Rockford Files, oh, Kojak, uh, who was McMillan and Wife, McMillan and Wife, McCloud, who was basically a a Coogan's bluff. That character. There was a slew of a ton of them, and they they were cranking out. Let me ask you this, my wife and I, and I think I, I can bring your expertise to this conversation. Uh, like a fight that you had with your... I state, for the record, that, um, uh, that uh, Columbo Mysteries... For me, the big joy is, you know who did it, you know... You know the trick is watching him ensnare. Yeah. She says she prefers the ones where you don't know who did it, and there were some mm. of those yeah. until the end. Yeah. Do you, acclaimed mystery director, <laughs> agree with me or my wife? Well, I'm making both because the movies are you don't know who did it. Then. Right. Like Last right. Onion, Knives Out. The show I'm making is the Columbo style of how did it, where we show the killer at the beginning and it's yeah. about Natasha. Tra- and that for a TV show I like because that means you don't have to spend your time getting to know a slew of suspects. You can concentrate on the relationship between the detective and the killer. And I still, I mean, look, I'm a Columbo nut. I, yes. I found it so satisfying seeing Thank that, you for that, that endorsing my opinion. You're both right. 100%. You're both right. I take both sides here. What, uh, where are we going to watch this? Which, uh, 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 this is going to be on Peacock. Poker Face is going to be on Peacock, and I don't think there's a date yet, but it's the beginning of next year. Love it. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt did that. Oh, so he's in an episode yeah. of it. That's the other fun thing. Every episode is like its own little movie with a guest star who's okay. the killer. That's I right. Mean, the Night Mystery it, it totally it is. Really and, Joe, is. and Joe plays one of them in one of the episodes I directed. Oh, so great. So what's yeah. Natasha Leone's story? If she's the, is she the detective? She, yeah, she's... Okay. I don't want to give it too, too much. She's not okay. actually a copper detective in it. It's a little bit like Murder, She Wrote, where she's oh, just okay. a person who has a specific gift where she can tell if people are lying or not. Poker and she, face. Poker face. Uh-huh. And she Got ends it. up solving crimes. And then know. another actor that we all love, Tim Blake Nelson. Is oh, in my episode? God, he's in it. He's so good, man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so great. Yeah, we, yeah. we had a great conversation with him. He stopped by, <laughs> and he looked... He walked in the studio like, oh, a morning show. morning show. Yeah. And at... By the end of the interview, I'll never forget what he says. He goes, now, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> he goes, but that was surprisingly substantive. <laughs> and I, I was like, means. that's a great compliment. I know what Thank he means. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, with uh, with this being released, uh, with uh, Glass Onion being released on Netflix, I, I don't know the specifics. Is it exclusively uh, or is it no, going to so run in theaters we're going to do well? a special thing in Netflix. I'm so happy Netflix is doing this. But, um, one week on Thanksgiving we're going to put it into theaters. And this is the first time they're working with like AMC and Regal and Cinemark and putting it into those chains. So it's going to have a one-week run. Tickets are um, on Tickets on sale now. <laughs> but you can actually buy your tickets now for Thanksgiving Go weekend. Go watch it. We, we yeah. almost, yeah. Uh, as a family, almost always end up at a theater yeah. right, at, right at Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And this is, I mean... And I feel like I've suddenly turned into a pitch man. I'm what sorry, but this is a great movie. I watch it with your family. This is true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, certainly, uh, Knives Out was not anything. You know, unless you're hypersensitive, yeah. it's, it's absolutely a family could watch that. Oh no. I. I. Uh, that's the other thing because, like I said, my memories are watching those movies I grew up with with my family. Right. I really aim with these to give. It's PG-13, and it's something that it's you know it's not too intense. I think, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's made to be watched with the whole family. I love this. Um, love this. Going back to Knives. Out uh, because I have to bring this up. I don't really have to, but I want to. Um, <laughs> Anna Del Armas. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. 
<laughs> Casey has a crush. <laughs> uh, she's, yeah, she's perfection. I, yeah, I don't know if I could ever work with her because I just, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, I think, I would be so worried. Like, I just would want her to like me as a person. You're, right? right? You Do know? you like me? <laughs> Do you like, like me? Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Um, but she just seems um, like she's just perfect. She's I, amazing. Yeah. She's you know, it's wild. And she got she. So she's this more, you know, sort of um, awkward person in Knives Out at, yeah. with Daniel Craig. And then in the final Bond movie, she gets to play that seductress spy, kick-ass mm -hmm. badass mm -hmm. with Daniel Craig. So yeah. he's, he's seen multiple sides of her capabilities. She says it right now. She's playing Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. 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 It's hey, crazy. You, um, I also saw on your IMDb, you got another Knives Out um, sequel coming up? Well, yeah, I got to write it. You guys got any ideas? He's <laughs> <laughs> got ideas. Oh, I'm an idea. Guy. <laughs> Here's what you do. But, but no, Wait, I mean, Daniel and I, we have, look, we have so much fun doing this. You can probably tell. We have yeah. a lot of fun making these movies. And for me, what's exciting is, you know, this movie, it's Daniel as a detective, but other than that, it's a whole new deal. New cast, new mystery, new setting, everything. Yeah. Like a new Agatha Christie book. So it's not a continuation of the last one. I remember. Me, that's what's exciting going forward. It is. Yeah. Will you do, so with Agatha Christie, you had Hercule Poirot, you had all the different, you know, yeah. all, uh, all the different uh, characters that populated her books. Um, uh, would, would you keep, um, add additional characters and keep it under the Knives Out umbrella as well, or? I don't think or, so. Or, I mean, or, yeah. yeah, no, to me, to me, it's not about, like, creating some, like, umbrella or franchise. To me, right. it's just movie by movie. I just want, I just sit down and want, I want to make a great movie. Well, and, it's clearly working. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, tonight, uh, is a screening, uh, at the, uh, Philadelphia Film Festival, uh, it's at 7.15. You can get all the details at uh, filmadelphia.org. Uh, but we'll look for that release uh, coming up in around Thanksgiving. And then uh, it will be out of Netflix in December, correct? Uh, uh, yes, December yes. on Netflix. But see it in the theaters. Well, yeah, but yeah. go see it in the see theaters it for sure. Yeah. See it both. Yeah. <laughs> times. Ryan, great to talk to you again. Unsurprisingly substantive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's two. I love it. Thank you. Ryan Johnson. Yay! On the show, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, Kelly Ripa will be joining us when we get back. Stay down. Cue the jingle. There it is. It's Kathy Romano, and I've revealed my 2022 Kathy's Fall Activities List. Ten brand new ideas to get you into sweater weather mood. Find the list, which includes helpful tips and coupon codes for all you fall activity fanatics. Posted now on PrestonandSteve.com. I want to point this out. Marissa showed me this story. We've got a guest coming up, but we have about a minute or so here. Uh, freaking Kurt Russell's going to be in town this Whoa. weekend. Doing what? Uh, he's going to be at Valley Forge Casino uh, and Saturday, and he's got a wine. Uh, so there's an event, the Philadelphia Festival of Food, Wine and Spirits event. It's, well, it's called Taste. That's the name of it. And Kurt Russell's going to be there. I wish it was on during the week and we could have him by. I mean, um, for God's sakes, freaking Kurt Russell, one of my absolute favorites. I would love to talk. I, I don't think we've ever... In all the years have we spoken to Kurt Russell? We've talked to Wyatt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've ever had Kurt Russell. Because I, I could tell him how I get him and Dennis Quaid mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing he wants to hear. Uh, but, I, yeah. Snake Plissken. You gotta love that guy. Yeah. Dude, Overboard. Guilty pleasure. Oh, I love Overboard. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yes. That's right. The John Carpenter version of Elvis. He's been in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, my God. That's right. Mm -hmm. He plays uh, Ego. Mm -hmm. Right? He's excellent. And he has wine. And he's got and wine. His Santa Claus movies for Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's God. a good movie. 
It's really damn good. They explain how this uh, toy bag works. Wait, who plays Mrs. Claus? Goldie Hawn. Yeah. No. Goldie Hawn does? Yeah. Okay. I, I saw it once. I haven't checked that out. Like, Watch it per your suggestion. Yeah. It was good. It is. It was fun. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to be at Valley Forge Casino Resort tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what time. I think it's early. He is going to be there. Well, the event. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to sign pre-purchase bottles of his, uh, I guess his wine is called Gogi. Is that how you pronounce it? G-O-G-I? I don't know. Gogi? Gogi? Uh-huh. Uh, 11 a.m. I like that. Uh, so it's at the uh, Taste Philadelphia Festival of Food, Wine, and Spirits at the Valley Forge Casino Resort, which is pretty cool. So, so Gogi. So please, go geek some wine. That's like a new way to pick out wine. I usually just pick it out by labels when I'm at the wine store. Uh-huh. But now if I know it's Kurt Russell's wine, yeah. I want to try I it. I never, I'm, I'm not a wine guy, and, and I do the label thing, yeah. too. If, if I have to pick up a bottle of wine for as a gift or something like mm-hmm. that, I just walk through and I go, hmm, that looks like a cool, <laughs> you know. And I make sure it's like moderately priced. Yeah. Not the cheapest, not the most expensive, somewhere in the middle, and I think that gets it done. You have to vet your endorsements. I only eat Tom Sizemore ice cream. Uh-huh. It just seems like... Is it a, good, though? Well, no, it's horrible. Well, it's got <laughs> cigarette butts. It's, it's oh. cigarette butts and yeah. abuse. It's just not good ice cream. Bag of bones. <laughs> um, I, oh, you know what? Uh, you know what? I'll say that for music news. Never mind. I was looking at some... Uh, we're still waiting for uh, Rippa to get on board. Oh, Steve, real quick here. I got this email the other day. Uh, it is from a, a gentleman named George Sharp, and he goes, Preston, to comment on the conversation uh, <laughs> the other morning regarding creating movement using bodily functions in space. Yes. He said, yes, that would create force to move you in space if you are not in a space suit. He said, think about when the astronaut breathes or coughs or relieves themselves while in the suit. That does not create a force to move them. And he says, I used to work for the space program and the manufacturer of space, uh, the spacesuit assembly. Well, so so my original um, idea, at least the theory that I had, was based on a nude space traveler. Okay, nude yeah, space yeah. traveler. All right. All right. So he just wanted to add that. But I, okay. that's very, see, well, look, and we, we kind of happened upon oh. a real law of physics there. And then, you know, and that was, you had another... Um, uh, you know, qualified person who worked for the space program. Here's another. It, when I get these, I'm like, you listen to our show. Uh, I got this email uh, and it says, uh, your son's brilliant idea to eat messy snacks with chopsticks really resonated with me. And I've been eating my Aldi purchased turtle cheddar snack <laughs> with extra cheddar seasoning with chopsticks ever since I heard you tell the story. I'm writing to say that for some reason... It makes my husband hilariously uncomfortable when I do that. He hates it, but can't unpack or articulate why. Tonight he said, I can't believe you're eating turtles with chopsticks as a 37-year-old. As though age has anything to do with it. Just wanted to say thanks for the tip. When my husband comes to appreciate the brilliance here, I'll let you know. And that is from uh, Island or Island. Uh, Molinari, and it's signed uh, Molecular and Cell Bio- uh, PhD Molecular and Cell Biology and Genetics. Yeah, that person is far too smart You're too <clears> smart to be listening to, listen to us. To our program, but I'm happy that we've created a little tension between you yes. and your husband. <laughs> we're all about strife. Alright, our guest is on the line. She's got a <clears throat> book, and we're very happy that she's on to promote it this morning. We love her. You know, around Camp Out for Hunger, we usually have an opportunity to speak to her, and she yes. has a nice big plug on her program. Uh, the book is is called Live Wire, long-winded, short stories. Please welcome the amazing Kelly Ripley. Yeah. Hey, Kelly. <laughs> hey, Preston and Steve. Guys, I want you to, I hope this doesn't disqualify me for calling in to camp out for hunger. Does this 
This doesn't count, right? No. no. As a matter of fact, we were talking about this last night. So, Kelly, this year is our 25th anniversary. Yeah, 25th one we're having. So you actually need to call out sick from work and come down to the (laughs) Camp Out for Hunger live. I I will call you 25 times. Okay. We'll consider that a deal, yeah. Um, Hey, congratulations on the book. Uh, This is great. Uh, Is it, um, has it been in the works for a long time? Uh, Or, you know, like something that you've collected throughout the years of these are the stories I want to tell one day? Um, Thank you very much. Uh, It's funny, it was not in the works for a long time. It was something I resisted doing for at least 20 years. Um, The woman who would become my editor, Carrie Thornton, 20 years ago, asked me to write a children's book. I politely declined. Then she asked me to write a cookbook. I I, uh, (laughs) thank America should send me a thank you note. I said, (laughs) not. She asked me to write my memoir. I said, no. And then finally, when the pandemic sort of shut everything down, she approached me one more time because I started posting funny sort of things on uh, my Instagram page, letters that I was writing to the staff. (laughs) And she said, now's the time for you because you're working from home. Nothing's going on. Why don't you why don't you work on writing your memoir and i said i'm not ready to write a memoir it's not i'm not there yet i feel like i have so many more things i want to do and she goes what about a collection of like stories like short stories and i thought to myself i don't know if i can write first of all and she said well send me a writing sample write a story and send it to me and i sent her the story that i send my friends it's not the story that I send my friends, but it's the story that I sort of uh, tell my friends at dinner parties. It's always like a conversation starter. Okay. And it's a story about the time that Richard Deere and I saved a woman's life. Mm. And it sounds very it sounds very name-droppy, but <laughs> it, you have to understand that it was a moment in time that was so out of this world for me because I was so starstruck and I was so out of my element. And I was so like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Why are there so many famous people here? And oh my gosh, a woman passes out. And Richard Gere and I, and again, when I say save her life, (laughs) she ate a pot brownie. But that's... (laughs) That's great. Well, you know what? That's... um, Oh, that's great. (laughs) <laughs> we've had our we've had Richard Gere in the studio here, and it was quite a special uh, uh, thing. So um, you know, uh, and the fact that you were able to share this with uh, Richard Gere is very cool. I was reading a couple <laughs> of uh, interviews with you in preparation for this, and, and you described the experience as a self self loathing experience, and, and it was kind of Cal Penn who, who gave that uh, that uh, description to you. Cal Penn, who is one of my favorite writers, and and he actually said to me, because I guess it was written all over my face, right? It was really, uh, I, I, I had almost completed the book. It was like 99% done. We were just about to go into the edit process, and Cal was there to promote his book. And uh, Ryan said, you know, Kelly's in the middle of writing a book. And he goes, yes, I can tell. What level of self-loathing are you in right now? And I said, oh, my gosh, I had a dream last night that I threw myself in front of a bus. And he goes, 
ah, you're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's the thing that I think is 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 most difficult. Whenever we're asked in interviews to kind of describe the, uh, the 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 history of the show or our past, it, it's like. You you can't feel but feel like a tool because uh and then, you know I'm talking about myself and then you then if you look at certain things through you know the, a different prism you go oh that was so stupid and I could see where you could start to get overly critical even if your life isn't as bad as you think it is upon reflection. Well, you know it's so funny. I said if it was anybody else's book, I would be able to go on a press tour for the rest of my life <laughs> and sell their book, right. but. But I'm trained to do that. I am, like, to sell myself feels so inherently gross and disgusting. <laughs> and and it's also, I will say, in regards to the book, I make sure that I am, and thankfully I had no problem doing this, I am the, I'm the, the jerk in every story. I am the butt of every joke. And so that I had limitless material because of the nature of what I do and how long I've been in the game. So that was really easy for me. But um, the rest of it has just been far more brutal than I would expect. Well, you know, it's it's funny with these things. And there was the story, uh, you know, um, uh, as you're promoting the book, there was the, the Kathy Lee Gifford had said some stuff. You responded. I thought it was very funny the way you responded concerning, um, you know, uh, Regis of, of your earlier years on the show. I the stuff that I have seen and, and I did kind of did my due diligence on this. It's there's nothing that is seems, you know, more than just. An experience, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, are you surprised at the reaction uh, that uh, she had to it? Because it's, it doesn't seem any, in any way inflammatory. No, it's not. I mean, it's certainly not. It's actually like, it's, it's, you know, I speak about him with great admiration for what he had to endure and put up with. And, you know, it's something you don't realize until you read the book that it is. Yeah. It's not a book. Yeah. And it does disparagingly about um about uh certainly not regis i mean i only speak disparagingly about myself because right it was something that i had no idea it's, it's a landscape i was unfamiliar with i was totally unprepared and incapable and and and, and so again going back to that it's so hard to generate press for a non controversial book yes right? yeah so books out to all the editors and they mine for the gold and the best they could come up with was that my husband uh made me pass out while we were having sex right? <laughs> we, we saw that story saw that. Yeah. <laughs> my mom it's a sex book which it's not <laughs> and, um and so so you know inadvertently it really those headlines that she created really helped me sell this book because because there's, you know, nothing even remotely controversial about it, but you would have to read the book to know that. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, when it, I don't believe, like, personally, I'm always like, I don't, I, I don't really um, subscribe to the uh, all press is good press, right? So I always think like, well, bad press is bad press. But when it comes to selling a book, all press is good press. And that's what I've learned. Wow. Hey, um, what are your thoughts on on uh, the show, the morning show? I know it's a, a different sort of uh, it's it's not what you do with the uh, live and uh, with Kelly and Ryan, 
Um, but is is there any sort of accuracies to you know what it's like on the set and the personalities and stuff like that with with what you do? You know, I've never seen the morning show. Oh, no I, kidding. I, I don't know. Do you think I should? Should I watch? It? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Your career is not hurting for having not seen it. <laughs> so it is a good show, and I bet it would speak to some of the things that you go through on a daily basis. Probably. I mean, you know, maybe I'll. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna binge watch it. <laughs> and when 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 I call you for the 25th anniversary, huh. I am going. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about um, all of the good work you do. Right. <laughs> so much food into those local food banks. We're going to talk about the morning. <laughs> I love that. We'll pull a fast one on everyone. I have to, by the way, just quickly commend you because I love when people write books. You did your own audio book. You did the narration for it, mm. and you read. And that Preston and I are avid. Um, I used to disdain the notion of listening to a book instead of reading it, and now I, I go crazy. And so I, I will be getting your book, uh, the audio book version. Uh, was that difficult? Putting all, spending all that time if, if writing it was difficult. Was it more difficult talking about yourself? Writing it was so difficult. You know, I I uh, refused to use a ghostwriter. I had to, I, I had to do it myself because I know that. You can't sort of relate where I'm going the way I can because I speak in a way that is so confusing and utterly puzzling. And so, and as I was as I was reading the book, I got very frustrated because that's when I was like, "Oh my gosh, I could have said this so much better," or "Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Why was I why was I not mining for the funny here? There's so much funny here." But the best part of the book is that. Mark, my husband, came in and recorded himself as himself on the book. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And he disputes some of my claims nah. on the book, which I, <laughs> which I footnote in the book. But in the audio book, he comes in and disputes it in real time, which is so funny. Oh, that's, that, that's definitely worth uh, the it. price alone. Yeah, I love it. Excellent. Well, Kelly, we know you're busy. You've, you've got stuff to do. You got a weekend to get to, like we do. But uh, we want to thank you. We want to congratulate you. And we will be talking uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, when we get to uh, camp out for hunger. Can't wait. All right, excellent. We love you. Thank you, Kelly Ripley. Yeah. Live wire, long-winded, short stories. Look at this so. picture up on from uh, Instagram. Oh my god, that's uh, <laughs> amazing. She just looks fantastic. She does. Her husband's great. Uh, there's a great picture of her. She's holding her her dress up, and he's underneath her, looking up her skirt. Uh, that's wonderful. Wow. She's very open about her like plastic surgery and such. She oh, doesn't yeah? get a lot of it. Okay. Um, yeah, she admitted that she had like a procedure done to her neck during um, the pandemic. You can get little yeah. nips yeah. and tucks yeah. as long as you don't go crazy. Just, well, her. Like I'm probably do a little. I'll, I'll, at some point, I'll do a full head replacement. Okay. But, yeah. I, but I mean, you know, not yet. Not, not yet. Maybe no. when we go on yeah, vacation. Yeah. Or something. All right. Um, we need to do something, and we need to share something with you, our listeners, our family of the Preston and Steve show. Um, we're losing another member yeah. of the MMR family. Uh, different circumstance. It's, and, it's not uh, like a few weeks ago, though. No, no. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's the end of an era for us. It's going to be uh, more um, off air that, uh, that will be noticed, but uh, we will notice here uh, because one of our absolute favorite people is working his last day today. Nick 
Murphy mm. is unfortunately leaving the show, so we're bringing him in here. Nick Murphy, we're clapping because we love you. We're not clapping because we are so thrilled you're leaving. You're leaving. <laughs> and I, I asked hate all of you. <laughs> I asked Nick Murphy. I said, if you were in baseball and, and you were coming up to bat and you got to pick your own song, yeah. what song would it be? Good choice. And it's this one, "Ceremony" by New Order. Oh, well, listen, Murph has been with us. When was your and for those who may not know Nick Murphy, if you're a, if you're not an everyday listener, uh, Nick Murphy it does all things video for us. He is mm. he is the video maestro, the uh, uh, the Daily Rush videos, our YouTube live stream, all the goofy commercials that we do, all that stuff has been been uh, via Nick Murphy and the people under his tutelage because he has had uh, interns and yes. and uh, people who help out from time to time. When did you start working with us? Uh, I started in 2009 with you guys. 2009. Wow. Yeah, that's a long-ass time. And you yeah. kind of came in, um, I believe it was because of a Kathy Romano association. Yeah, so... Um, and she insisted she'd not be here today because of something he did to her. <laughs> I'm glad that she wasn't because I have so many things that I need to vent about her. Um, right? No, that, I love that, Kathy. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, so uh, I was working at Bucks County Community College. I was like a film, uh, for their film department, I was like a lab assistant, so I would help check out equipment, teach people how to edit, and I was like a teaching assistant there, and Kathy's brother went there. Uh, It was during the recession, and he was like, what are you doing here? You should be doing these things. And I was like, I don't know, man, I'm just lucky to have this. And he was like, well, my sister's Kathy. And I was like, oh, my God, I listen all the time. That's so crazy. Um, So he passed on my resume to Kathy, and I guess she got it to you guys. And Joe was leaving, um... I guess right around that time. Intern Joe? Yeah, Intern Joe. He was doing video stuff for you guys. Um, Intern Joe did video stuff for you? Kind of. I I, I did it. Uh, Joe did some stuff. I mean, we were, it was, if Gary Lauer did some stuff. (laughs) No, Gary Lauer put in his Panavision camera. If you were to look at what we did prior to Nick Murphy getting here, you would see, oh, clearly we we needed help. It's it's like a difference between uh, Stanley Kubrick and a children's flip book. (laughs) Not only that, just uploading things to the website, you had to like compress the videos and it made it look bad. Yeah, it was a whole different time before. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Joe had like a video camera with a tape in it. Yeah. And he would like roll it down and, and yeah. cut it up. And then Nick walked in and was like, this is digital, guys. Hey. <laughs> I, I just, he was actually using a razor press. I just remember uh, us going, wow, did you see what this guy did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And we were just like, that, okay, we need to make this somehow a permanent deal. Yeah. And then the job was created. Like, the job didn't exist before. And yeah, that's, they, that's they something I really I take a lot of pride in that. That, like, yeah. uh, I kind of came in and swung for the fences with you guys, and uh, it worked out. And I uh, yeah. made uh, a job that was, like, when I tell people, I'm like, oh, I do video stuff for a radio station. It sounds like <laughs> this thing that just doesn't, shouldn't exist. <laughs> right. It's, it's right. crazy. But yeah. And, right. and to your credit, you were so good that everyone started using your services and uh, eventually increased your workload so much that it wasn't worth your while to be. Right. <laughs> So Nick Nick handles the video work for our sister stations, the Fanatic, Ben yeah. FM, uh, WMGK, WXTU, all these stations. He does he does all that stuff for. It's yeah. insane. And yeah. so Nick and I work behind the scenes mostly. You know, I'm just filling in for Kathy for a few days. Um, and and to think about the history of things that we've done back here. I mean, you know, we we've had MySpace accounts and we've had Twitter accounts. And Nick God. comes in one day and he's like, Hey, there's this thing called Instagram. Like, I think we should probably start one for the show and helps you know put videos together for that and then we launched youtube i mean let's be honest that was not an easy feat to convince radio people to put radio 
on TV. I remember you guys writing the code for YouTube when you created it. Uh, yeah. It was, it was great. It's, it's, just been, it's, it's just been a fun journey, and, and the world ahead of us is only going to continuously grow <laughs> so fast, like lightning fast in the digital world, um, that it's been so... It's been such an honor to have you along with it in this this small portion of the show. I I appreciate it. Um, every you know, every like job I've ever had was you know since I like started my career, um, I've just like appreciated the ability to just be creative and get paid for it. Yeah, and you guys were just like just. Be yourself and have fun. And right. It was awesome, man. And then we fixed your eyes. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And then they went bad again. <laughs> well, I want to I want to reminisce. I want to do some more of this, yeah. but I want to uh, we we got something uh, for you, yeah. and uh, we 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 want to bring that in. Yeah. And uh, and we know you're a fan of reality TV. No, yeah. no, a little surprise for you here. Oh! <laughs> you freaking. Buttholes. <laughs> Not only do we have a cake, oh, we have the God. amazing Beth Gardner. Yay! Beth, who was with us for years as well. Beth, get oh, over here man. on this microphone. And there's Hello. headphones there, and I think Hi. you know how all that stuff works. How, how are you, Beth? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Dude, I haven't seen you in, like, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four. Yeah. yeah. Pre-pandemic? Wow. Pre-pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. It yeah. was at the Eisenhower Gala. No. Wow. Yes. It was great. Ball gowns. I was wearing <laughs> one. Wonderful. And you, but you guys have stayed in touch. In fact, you thought she was in Connecticut right now? We text every day. Okay. Uh-huh. So <laughs> wait, I, I knew something was up. You you laid into the story. Uh, yesterday. <laughs> I yesterday. Was like, You're what like, is the stupidest thing I can tell you? You were like, we're going to a uh, we're going to a wedding in Connecticut, and I was like, first off, this is the first time hearing this. There's no way there's some mystery Connecticut wedding. Yeah, basically. I knew, I know, dude, I like, I knew it. <laughs> Did you know yeah, she was coming in here? No, I, ha- okay. I had an inkling. I was, like, was trying to throw weird. you off the inkling because I knew you would think I would be coming in. So I was like, what can I say? Where am I going to go? <laughs> she was good. She sent me like a picture of like the sky. Like, oh, the sky is so beautiful this morning. It's my backyard. And then it was like a picture of a Connecticut license plate. What, what's up? New with Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That was in yeah. the driveway of my mom. Okay. To be in New Hampshire on the way to Connecticut. No. <laughs> I've got two kids. I'm not driving up to Connecticut. Yeah. If you anyway. were lost, yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we thought this would be a nice little, uh, little surprise there too. So there's a cake, and uh, for those of you it. who can't see on the radio, it says "May the Force be with you." Mm. So nice, guys. And yeah. apparently, is the cake case you did some research. It is a um, what is oh it? yeah yeah. I talked to your wife uh, about what you like. It's a oh. yellow cake with chocolate icing. That's perfect. I um, love it. And the guy at the store. Had to ask me how to spell force. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. He's like, it's a C E, right? I'm gonna guess it is. Yeah. I think you should have done S. Yeah. You, you should have had I, him spell I, it with an S. When you first sent over the picture, Casey, I thought it said, May the fence be with you. May the fence. Oh, by the way, Beth is so mad. She's like, You should have asked me to make a cake. I know. She's like, This is I'm like, what is this? You made me a cake one time. That was really nice. I did make you a cake. Are you a big baker? I'm a big baker. I was. Yeah. And then I had a second kid, and then the baking went. Out the, out the window. But I would make you a cake for your last day. You yeah, know, it was so. good. The cake you made before had Nicolas Cage on it. It, did. it was really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk about some of the things that we've done uh, over the years. Oh, what, are, what are what are some highlights, some things that stand out? Because, uh, I mean, there are times where you've had to hold the camera on and just going, I can't believe I'm filming this right now. I, I remember uh, definitely one. It was right when I started. Uh, Casey had this, uh, like, armpit thing. Oh, oh. The, oh. 
milking his armpit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you guys were like, come in and film this. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, I went to film school. <laughs> were, you, uh, were you videoing at the... Um, no, don't. Totally office. I don't want to watch it. It's my body, and I don't want to watch it. Totally office calendar shoot when Casey came out totally yeah, naked. Yeah, Beth and I filmed all that yeah. stuff. And oh, that was one that. of my all-time <laughs> favorite really moments it was out, outside out. of the studio. It was at that, that uh, wedding reception take place there. What was the name of that place? V? Was that V? Uh, it wasn't V. It uh, was uh, one in it was, was, uh, Yeah. Uh, it was in Northern Liberty. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. The one, yeah, in the piazza. But Casey came walking out uh, completely naked <laughs> with his hand over his shoulder. That was, <laughs> that was good. That was one of my there, favorites. I like that. And then there were some really fun in-studio ones. We did... Uh, uh, Trying to make a salad with a lawnmower. <laughs> yes! That was really fun. Yeah. I, I we had an electric lawnmower. Yeah. We flipped it upside down and we were throwing <laughs> lettuce and vegetables into it to see if we could make it into a food process. <laughs> it actually worked. That was great. It then, did? Well, it was a brand, wow. new, was a brand new lawnmower. Yeah. It diced up everything, and then yeah. it was up to you whether you wanted to put on it, as with any salad. <laughs> I tell you what, I want to comment on some of my favorite Daily Rush videos uh, that Nick had put together. There was <laughs> there was one where uh, it was about a, a um, an insurance claims adjuster uh, could remotely lock your car if you didn't pay. And Steve took it to the extreme to where they would blow the car. <laughs> and that's when Nick started adding like uh, other uh, photos and and little graphics and little explosions and things like that. Do you remember that one? I do. Yeah, that was oh a lot of fun. God, I, think we I love were there that for one it too, Beth. Because we were. Yeah. It was like us and. Uh, Steve, I can't remember his last name. It's escaping stove. Me, but we, stove, yeah, stove. we called him Stove. We had like so many, we had like a whole team. We would just be like goofy and fun. It was, it was great. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what for you were the, the your favorite of the daily rushes that you did? Because, I mean, we, I remember when I would go to the page, oh, we have 11 now. And now it's just off the charts. Yeah. Uh, what, what stands out for you? Oh, we've done like so many. I, I always love when we get out of the studio. That's always fun. Yeah. When we did those like science days, those were always <sighs> like my favorite kind of things. And we would, you know, we would always try to like, do in slow motion, <laughs> or the penny, uh, the penny farthing. The oh, yeah, uh, right? that was fun oh, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, turn of the century bicycles. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, um, you're uh, you've met some cool directors and people associated with the film industry. I know actually Ryan Johnson is one of your favorites, and yeah. he was here again today. Uh, some other celebrities that you've met over the years that like have been really cool for you as a, a film buff. Uh, we had like Aaron Sorkin in here. Yeah, that yeah. one time. Um, that was awesome. Edgar Wright. Edgar Edgar Wright. Like we we had him in twice. Like that was he's like. Probably one of my top favorite directors. Um, what, mil- what movies? He did Scott Pilgrim. He's done Shaun of oh, the yeah. Dead. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just, yeah. Okay. So now dead. I'm getting some other texts of, of your of people who have their, their favorite videos you've done. The Beakless Chicken. And Murph actually created <laughs> created a, a, a little cartoon yeah. of a chicken without a beak. Oh, man. That was so funny. That's that's like one of those things where you're like, I don't, we'll just figure this out, I guess. I mean, that's been my whole career. Um, um, yeah, there's been like such a good team, uh, you know, obviously uh, Beth and, uh, you know, the countless interns that we've had. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do half of the stuff without Newman University. They, I mean, it's it's it feels like like every director, like, 
you're like, oh, well, this is a great movie. And he's like, yeah, but there's like a million people who work behind me. Right. like the front person for this. And I, I appreciate it very much, guys. Well, you're going on to something that's very cool. But I, I, we, we are all trying to remain optimistic in that they may, will potentially be opportunities since you're not leaving the state or anything. No, for, no. For our, our uh, efforts to join together again for special events and things of that nature. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've Yeah, I'm doing a lot of like work from home um, coming up. And uh, I'm going to do some like... Random. Free- I want to keep working with you guys, so I'm trying to do some like random freelance projects. With Excellent. You guys. Yeah. yeah. You and yeah. I, we did. Um, we started doing these uh, the real Philly Deli oh, tours, and yes. and uh, and I, that sort of started this whole thing. And uh, you know, like doing, shooting these videos for these clients, and we were happy to do them. And then after a little while, you and I were like, we need, we need to do something creative with these things. And so I have a good memory of one of those. Yeah. We shot where I, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was <laughs> in one of the in one of the uh, ones that you did. You, you're in the in the deli, Casey, and you're walking around in the premises. Was, <laughs> You just walk down an, an aisle, and I'd be laying on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Casey. <laughs> That's just where you go to nap every day. <laughs> Your regular napping place. But we have had some fun. You know, we were like, okay, you know, and, and so we're like, all right, just give us, you know, the, the copy points that the client wants, and we're just going to do whatever we want. And uh, one of my favorite uh, experiences with you was last year. We were shooting something for for Steakum, and uh, and we were shooting basically. It was like a uh, uh, like a sitcom opening yeah. and uh, at one point i'm playing chess with my dog <laughs> and we're trying to get my dog to what were we trying like to move even, one of the move, pieces like, move one, like, we're, 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 we're gonna have it so you were playing chess against reggie right yeah and uh you won and reggie would knock his king over right <laughs> so we were gonna do it like in two takes we'll, we'll get a shot of you we'll get a shot of reggie and then we'll just get a close-up of the king and you can like move his paw yeah. and knock it over <laughs> but like this freaking dog we roll the camera and he's like boop and knocks it over <laughs> all in one shot all no one cut shot. no cut no, no cut. nothing just you couldn't have lightning in a bottle it was incredible i should have retired right there <laughs> like, i swear to god i almost passed out from laughing oh it was god. so it was so great it was awesome yeah and then we've done like so many of those and and honestly like to, to clients listening these guys are so talented in, and just giving them like the the space to to be goofy and be fun is is like it, it speaks louder than like the best copy or the best commercial. It's just you guys having fun, and kind. those are the ones that are like memorable. Um, well, there was one recently talking about somebody just being goofy. We were at Maury's Piers, we were oh, shooting yes. a video. Yeah. Casey and I are doing this scene where I'm, I'm essentially throwing a, a French fry into his mouth, <laughs> and all of a all of a sudden this commotion happens, and Casey <laughs> runs over to this guy, and they start doing a sumo wrestling thing from Tommy Boy, from Tommy yeah. Boy, and I just go, uh, "We're filming live," and I just go, "Hang on," and I was getting frustrated because it was we were almost done. I'm like, "Something's happening." Yeah. And then for my money got George. Into video. Yeah. We were just like, yeah, we were just hanging out and this scene erupts in front of us and like Preston is like, what the F is going on? He goes, Something's happening right now. Yeah, something <laughs> is happening right now. It just so happened that my best friend from college walked by and I didn't know he was going to be there or anything like that yeah. and I hadn't seen him in you know a year or so it was and, great yeah and then we did the old like oh, like how Tommy Boy and his dad I love that it but that was awesome. the whole thing like we could have done just like a straightforward like here's the information that we need to impart and I, I try to like I try to be like a magician with all this stuff where um, you know there's information that needs to be imparted but 
we should do it in an entertaining way and then just sneak that information in there so you don't even know you're getting it. That's the way it's always, yeah. yeah. We've always attempted to, to do that because it's, it's um, you know, you, you, you make a lot of times people who perceive these things as negatives. And, and, and the, the clients who support this show and, and, the, and the station are, are everything. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're showing their faith in us to do what we do. And, and to have you here providing that pedigree. Um, you know, uh, really made a world of difference. Now there will be someone uh, in your stead, and we'll probably, I don't know what we can say about that, but, um, you know, so we will move on. But uh, yep. we're taking a big ding with you departing. Oh, I appreciate it. M- most definitely. Mm-hmm. I-, I recommend those who haven't who haven't dabbled in the Daily Rush videos, go take a look at them. Uh, know that uh, uh, Nick and, and the people that he worked with, like Beth and, and all these others around here were, uh, you know, they made that happen. We, we're, we're the, you know, we're the faces, but uh, this stuff is is edited together and, and put together in, in a really great, flattering, awesome, fun way. And I, I still have a blast. I, I mean, we live those moments, and I go back and I watch those yeah. videos and just laugh but my also, ass off. We don't ask for those particular segments. Those are, you know, it's not like we... He, it's his discretion. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I, y'all literally get a description of, oh, there's a new <laughs> Daily Rush video. I don't know what Nick's going to do. I have no idea. There's some stuff I've, I've actually I probably should recommend. I'm like I really like that, but it doesn't matter because I'm always surprised by what he he grabs and makes into a daily rush video. It is funny to me that uh, on your last day and you are leaving on your own accord uh, for those who are asking. Uh, we had Ryan Johnson in the studio here, and then Billy Corgan's coming later today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just wish to we make could, it extra painful. I wish we could say we planned that, uh, but it's just a, a I mean, very happy coincidence. Freaking Weird Al walks through that door. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have Weird Al, but we do have a gift for you. Oh. Oh, and so we'd like to, you can go ahead and open what that. What color is that wrapping paper? <laughs> I, I, some red in here, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> By the way, he's a video guy who is colorblind. <laughs> yeah. See, you can do anything, kids. <laughs> it, it's yep. true. And for anyone who has, like, imposter syndrome, I've uh, done this for 13 years, and no one figured out that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll ask me, and you'll be like, yeah. what color is that? <laughs> and by the way, Nick Murphy is also a, a YouTube star in himself with the show it? Continue. Yes, uh, we just shot some yesterday. Gamers oh, and cool. Oh, man, I was eyeing this. How'd you know I was... We talked to your wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys are very secretive. I like it. I should... I should. You know, think after 13 years, I would know all the tricks. Yeah. <laughs> I did know... I was going to get a drink of water, and Casey... I, I was I saw Casey in the hallway. The hall. Dude, <sighs> I saw Casey down the hallway, and he... <laughs> Freezes like a prison spotlight just got shown on him, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I had nothing. I, I I was not. Exp- I, in fact, I even said <laughs> yeah. to Beth, "I go, oh, we're in the middle of a break. He's he's not coming." And, you know. Yep. Well, tell, then, by the way, for, what, what was it that you got? So, oh, not- I got this uh, iPad Magic Keyboard. I, yes, they're I, excellent. I, I don't have a laptop anymore, so I was like, I got to figure out how to like uh, work and like write remotely and i've been eyeing this uh thank you guys so much that's it's, really cool hey i wanted to ask you beth real quick since we have you here do you still dabble in in video work at all not at the moment but yeah. i did do some freelance for a little while and then i just took a pause okay yeah kids because you're a mom yeah you got yeah. two kids now mm-hmm. which is wild yes uh, crazy yeah because you were always kind of a kid to us. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you were the young one here i know and I now know. you got kids it's crazy kids yeah so i i mean i still every now and then when i have the time i'll, I'll do something fun um but I'm taking a pause for that right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is this the family and uh, your freelance for the ATF? Yes. No. <laughs> so, exactly. Murph, uh, obviously love what you do professionally, but I just want to let you know I love you as a person. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, you, uh, for, for me personally, just the way you carry yourself, it's it gives me something to strive for, and, and I wish you nothing but the best, and, and I love you, and I have always trusted you and trusted your work, and... 
I'm going to miss you professionally, but, you know, not personally because we're friends. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I will miss waking up with you guys every day. I won't miss waking up at the hour. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the first things Murph and I talked about this morning when he came in. He's, I'm like, you're going to... Be happy for your last days. Like I'm happy not to get up this early in the morning. And I'm like, dude, I know what you mean. Yeah, it'll it'll be different. It'll be a change, but I'm I'm really excited. Um, I will miss you guys immensely. Um, but we'll keep in touch. Okay, yeah, and, and well, yes, opportunities we'd love. We'd love to see you back around for something freelance. That'd be yeah, really cool. Definitely. We will. And to, to piggyback Casey's compliment, and I know you're a you're a humble guy, but we're we're all better people for knowing you because oh, you're just an amazing person. No, I I, I appreciate that uh, immensely. You guys... Uh, I think I got a little worse, actually. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> downward trajectory. It hasn't stopped. A bitch. A downward spiral forever. Um, but no, you guys... Uh, you guys jump-started my career. You guys gave me a shot, and uh, I will never, ever forget that. Awesome. Okay. I appreciate Excellent. it. And we won't forget you. I, and obviously, we're all going to stay. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. We would like a, a piece of the cake of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then <laughs> that's going to happen right now. Oh, Save one for Billy Corgan. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We are going to take a break, but some love for Nick Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. And Beth Gardner. Thank you for coming on this uh, I would like to give away as we take a break uh, Lorenzo and Sons Westchester. This is their theme at Lorenzo. No, it's not. This is it's two, no, it's, instead of two planets, it's two pizzas. Two pizzas. Same size. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to give away a $50 gift card for the Westchester location of Lorenzo and Sons. We are so glad they came by this morning. Oh, my God. And uh, Giuseppe, by the way, made put pepperonis because their pizza is big enough that you can essentially write a legal document on it. Uh, but he wrote 93.3 WMMR and put up a smiley face on it and uh, pepperonis. Uh, so this is good for the Westchester location. Caller number 16-215-263-WMMR will give you a $50 gift card. Uh, they have been family-owned and operated since 1970. Lorenzo and Sons. You can find them at 27 North High Street in Westchester or go to Lorenzo'sWestchester.com for information. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We have $1,000 with you who loot to give away uh, the beat file and more coming up. Stay with us. And Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, we're less than two minutes away from uh, your chance to win with a YooHoo loot. Nick just pulled this up uh, on a listing, and uh, if Murph would have waited about a week, I bet we could have gotten Weird Al Yankovic in here. He's going to be here uh, at the Kimmel campus uh, doing Weird Al Yankovic, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. I'm uh, working oh. on it. And Steve, Emo Phillips is going to be uh, his special guest. That's great. And we've had Emo here before. Emo's hilarious. Uh, emo stays emo. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but um, Odd bird. Uh, so the, the movie, the Daniel Radcliffe film, right? It looks so good. It does look fantastic. And, and uh, apparently, um, uh, you know, he creates his own fake history in parts where apparently yeah. there was this torrid love affair with Madonna. And yeah. mm. uh, I love this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Kristen Herman down the hall is a huge fan as well, too. Really? Of yeah. Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah. Okay. I think her baby, or was it dog? No, her baby's a fan, too. The uh, Gloria dressed up as Weird Al, and, and Weird Al shared the picture. Oh, really? Yeah, on Halloween. Okay. That's yeah. fun. Nice. All right, we still, I gotta. I, I have to wait. I have to wait. Uh, no, you know, wait. you're a professional. I have to wait 40 seconds. Uh, before we do you who loot, you so, want a belch? Uh, do I want a belch? Yeah. Oh, do you want you you to play one? Oh. No, no, for you to do it. Oh no, I don't. And I was going to provide a pretend effect. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I used to be able to burp on command. Oh, I can't do it anymore. 
I spent uh, an entire mass one time. I was at Sunday mass uh, teaching myself how to swallow my burps so yes. that I could burp really, really long. Have you guys ever done that? No. I can't. Um, so, yeah. You know, yeah, but I know what you're talking about. You, don't you really... can actually cause damage by forcing burps and things like that over, over the long haul. Okay, but yeah. the, um, you would swallow, you, and I'm not going to do it That's now. That's how President Kennedy died. No, I think <laughs> was he, got, he, he, was I thought he was shot. Yeah. When did that happen? I was, after, <laughs> he was right in after the middle the of a burp. It's ten o'clock. Go ahead. Nothing. It's ten o'clock. I was just killing time, bro. All right. All right. Thank you. And where were we going with this? Uh, teaching myself how to burp a really long time. Okay. And I swallowed burps All for right. an hour. Here we go. Here it is. MMRs. Yoo-hoo loot. Now, listen up. Here's your keyword. All right, the word is home, H-O-M-E, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. Three ways for you to do it. You can text it at the special contest short code number, which is 45911, or you can enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins a 1000 bucks in our company-wide contest. So again, the word is home, H-O-M-E, each winner. Gets a call from Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. And it is sponsored by Horizon Services. We wish you luck. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, brought to you by Primo Hoagies. Watching the game with some friends this week. Score big and serve in style with Primo Hoagies. You can order online at PrimoHoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. Oakland police are pushing to add something new to their arsenal. Robots with shotguns. Love it! Although police insist they would be only used when all other options have been exhausted. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, aren't they looking to mount these on kind of the Boston Dynamic dogs? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, The plan is still causing an uproar. Police robots have been used for years to disrupt explosive devices, allowing officers to do their work from a safe distance. Uh, but now there's an effort by Oakland police to equip some robots robots with shotguns. I think they're more like the ones on treads. Okay, oh, we're looking at a picture okay. of it now. I mean, honestly, uh, science fiction has never had any story that involves these things going <laughs> crazy. So, yeah, why not give them weapons? The idea of armed robots first surfaced at a recent meeting of the Oakland Police Commission. Sub- I think we need robots. Subcommitting on militarized policing. Uh, Jesse. That can fly. Uh, side the of the Oakland Police Commission said it's a lot easier to pull out a rifle or a gun and shoot somebody than it is to put a live round into this thing. But I think we are all concerned about the dystopian vision where a robot sneaks into our room and yes. shoots us. Yes, where they become self-aware and decide they don't like the way we're running things. Uh, now listen to this. It was back in July of 2016 when the public first saw an instance of a police robot being used to kill a suspect. Dallas police involved in a standoff with a man who had uh, killed five police officers and wounded nine others. Now, I haven't heard this. Strapped a bomb to a robot and sent it to where the killer was holed up? You remember hearing about that? I I think I remember this a little bit. I, and, and they're saying this was the flashpoint for trying to decide whether they would arm robots? No, it was just that this is the, when the pu- public okay. first saw something right. like this. So okay. I, I will have to research that. Oakland police and commissioners have reportedly agreed that for now, robots can only deliver pepper spray. Though they may one through Amazon yeah. one day be able to <laughs> deliver much more. My pepper spray's here. This is a terrible story. Um, a 17-year-old teen died unexpectedly after he collapsed while singing a solo in a choir event in Naperville, Illinois. Yes. 
Uh, Daniel Moshe, a senior, was performing at the All-State Honors Show Choir for the Illinois American Choral Directors Association when he collapsed. His mother, uh, Carolyn Moshe, said uh, that he seemed fine earlier that day when she dropped him off for school. He'd even checked in when he arrived at uh, for the choir show. She said he texted me and said, Mom, I'm here around 5 o'clock, and I texted him and said everything good, and he uh, texted and said, yep, all good, Mom, and that was the last. Wow. Um, <clears throat> less than two hours later, the teen received the teen's family received a devastating call. Fire crews were dispatched to the high school. The teen was taken to a medical center where he was pronounced dead. The cause of death is not immediately clear. That's horrible. It's crazy. Horrible. All right. Uh, how about this? Halloween is now super scary for the four daycare workers who scared the crap out of children at a Mississippi child care facility. We talked about this. They're now facing felony charges and possible prison time. Uh, the four women are facing three counts each of felony child abuse. Uh, in a video which has exploded online, one of the women uh, in a horror mask terrifies little kids who look like they're like two years old maybe. And they're... Terrified, oh they're God. freaking out. Oh yeah, this it's it's so cruel. It's hard to watch. They're just they're, uh, I, it's just terrible. Uh, so they were screaming and crying. Another day worker, daycare worker, is facing two misdemeanor charges: failure uh, to report abuse and simple assault. And all the employees were fired by the daycare. A proper daycare facility would send in a shotgun-mounted robot. That's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. that's a little more yeah, yeah. removed. Uh, Pablo Escobar's horny cocaine hippos. <laughs> are set to have their population culled through castration uh. due to a series of worries about their impact on the ecosystem. I'll, I'll use condoms. Uh, drug Lord Escobar <laughs> left behind a handful of hippos when he died in 1993, which the Colombian government have had to deal with for nearly three decades. Now, another attempt at culling their population is set to occur with veterinarian Carlos Valderrama brought in to deal with one of the many problems that Escobar left the community. He had illegally imported a number of animals, including hippos, giraffes, elephants, and kangaroos, to his ranch in the Colombian countryside so he could fix up his very own private zoo. But following his death, the animals were abandoned, although a number of them were captured and taken back to their natural habitats. Hippos, though, are notoriously difficult to lift, and governments at the time thought the financial expenditure of moving them back home would be too pricey, so they just left them there. What followed was damage to the ecosystem and a near 30-year attempt to bring them under control. And they're they're deadly. So hippos have now cropped up across the country and far away from their initial home, uh, with some showing up as far as 100 kilometers away. Uh, despite the risk of the hippos, Colombian officials are committed uh, to carry on with the castrating process, which Valderrama described as like trying to cut through a bulletproof vest. Oh, that, that sounds brutal. He said the procedure, you have to go through a skin that is around two to three centimeters thick, so it's like a bulletproof vest, and then you have to go through an eight centimeter final layer of fat. What if I promise to pull out? Uh, the, <laughs> the vet described uh, seven... A, a, Described it as a seven-person procedure. I, and what, as, what's the, I assume they're putting the hippo under during this? I don't know. And it's very stressful. And Ed, we only have a 50% chance to be able to do it properly without the animal dying. Uh, currently, Columbia boasts a total of 120 cocaine hippos. Hungry junkie hippos. Hungry junkie hippos. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's see. All right. How about this idiot? <laughs> Matthew Leatham, who has a tattoo of Florida on his forehead, and you've seen this guy's mugshot, yes, I have, yeah. is facing a felony battery charge after allegedly slicing up a friend with a razor. A witness told cops that Leatham, or Leatham and the male victim engaged in a physical altercation after a verbal dis- dispute over a cell phone. 
Uh, during that confrontation outside of a gas station convenience store, uh, the victim said Lethem used a razor to cut him on his neck and leg. A surveillance camera recorded Lethem chasing the victim, who was seen holding a shirt to his neck to stop the bleeding from a slice wound. The victim sustained several lacerations uh, to the person. He was transported to the hosp- hospital with an injury to his neck that required staples. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of his mugshot. This idiot. He's got Florida right between his eyes on his forehead. Did you see the one that's making the rounds recently that is, along with this one, the Lara Croft? Oh no! What? Oh my God! It, is that a face tattoo? It's 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 it. What is this? Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft with her guns crossed, and they the guy they they're taking the the um, the medicated padding off of it and revealing it to the guy. It looks so bad. It oh. looks so horrible. It's hilarious. I thought you were talking about there was a guy that has yes. his entire. Oh no! Oh, terrible. No. Oh my God! It's up on the screen here. That's just bad. It's like when you're learning to draw a nose in yeah. third grade. Yeah, totally. I thought you were talking about there's a guy who had his entire t- face tattooed except for, I, for, I forgot, he left uh, he left it blank on his forehead, so that's what spells out the word, and it's like... Oh, no. I, yeah, I want to say it's like creep or something stupid oh, like man. that. But there's just, Don't do this there's stuff. There's so many idiots out there. Uh, anyhow, uh, Leatham, by the way, had pl- uh, pleaded no contest last year to marijuana possession. Uh, in a separate 2021 case, he was busted for allegedly choking his mother. So, what a guy. Yeah. Maybe it was just a hard hug for Mother's Day. <laughs> That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, you got five minutes left to enter the word home. That's our you who loot word. Five minutes left. So, do that right now. And... While you're in the dialing mode, if you're going to be sending a text, make, make a phone call, I'm going to give away the last of our Lorenzo and Sons Pizza <laughs> Westchester gift cards, $50 gift cards to callers number 15 and 16, 215-263-WMMR. By the way, uh, Lorenzo and Sons, again, helping us out at the Camp Out for Hunger. They were a proud sponsor of that event. Uh, so thank you to Giuseppe and all the people at Lorenzo and Sons in Westchester, 27 North High Street. Uh, Lorenzo's Westchester.com. We'll take those callers. We'll set you up with the gift cards. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Lesson question. Trash and music news coming up in just a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Preston and Steve, Friday morning, and all it's no sad broness today. I'm oh, full-on Friday mode. I'm wearing my froggy shirt today. Yeah, I love your froggy shirt. Thank you. We all got them, and, and uh, I will sometimes wear mine, and occasionally you get asked, what's that about? Yeah. I said, oh, you haven't heard about the super... Oh, I watched Clerks 3, by the way. Oh, and? And the song figures prominently in it. No yeah, kidding. Yeah, there's a, a great little scene, uh, you know, right outside of the, 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 the Mini Mart there. Yeah. And uh, it's it's loud and, and beautiful and wonderful. It plays for about uh, 20 seconds. Okay. Ooh, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I need to see that. There's so many things I have to watch. Where is Clerks 3 streaming? Yes. The, yeah. Yeah, I watched Where? it on, uh, on uh, iTunes. Oh, okay. Cool. okay. So you have to buy it or rent it? 
Yes. Okay. I bought it and rented it, and then I erased <laughs> it and bought and rented it again. Again. Yeah. yeah. That's very Just nice to, of you. To send more money to Kevin Smith. All right, well, we don't uh, have money right now to give away. You, Hulu, we'll see if somebody ends up winning in a moment, but we have something else to give away. We're doing today's lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets for the Philly Burger Brawl. It's been rescheduled for a week from this Sunday, so that's on the... Or not a week. It's two weeks, right? Two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, dude, can't Jump off the roof. Starting a week. Uh, it's the 6th of November. The question I have for you this morning... Uh, is in which league do the kids play? Do the kids play in the pickleball league? Two one five two six three WMMR. In which league do the kids play in? In pickleball leagues. Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. We'll do the trash while you call in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Zane Western Apparel. When you work hard and play harder, you need the brands that are going to last. And you can find them at Zane's Western Apparel and work gear in Piles Grove, New Jersey. Online at zanewestern.com. Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, the troubled movie Rust is going back into production, but will will be, excuse me, moving from New Mexico to California. Star and executive producer Alex, Alex Baldwin says he wanted a location where he could feel inspired to shoot his crew. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh my and, God. Andy Dick, poor Andy Dick, is facing felony burglary charges for stealing power tools from a neighbor's garage. Andy was apparently attempting to rebuild his career. (laughs) And finally, tennis legend Boris Becker is reportedly teaching yoga while serving time in an English prison. Becker says he himself has learned a new prison uh, uh, position while behind bars. It's called Downward Facing Bitch. And that's your Hollywood trash. What is he doing in prison? I don't remember. I think it was, I think it's a tax evasion thing. Was it thing? money? Yeah. That would seem like the most appropriate, I guess. Yeah. I don't see him being a hardened criminal. No. All right, we'll see if somebody knows the answer to this. In which league do kids play pickleball? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Hey, good morning, good morning. How uh, are you? Wonderful, buddy. All right, in which league do the kids play in the pickleball league? The Gherkin League. The, the Gherkins. Yes. Hang on, Joe. Got your tickets to the Philly Burger Brawl coming up on the 6th at Xfinity Live, 6th of November. And it's, um, of course, brought to or I'm sorry, it's benefiting some great uh, organizations, the Philly Parks and Rec at-risk teen initiative and the School District of Philadelphia after-school program. You can go to WMMR.com for more information. <laughs> Nick? So, Boris Becker's actually been in jail twice. The first time, Steve, was for tax evasion, uh, and then um, he eventually ended up having to declare bankruptcy not that long ago, but apparently was hiding assets. Uh, and so the, the I knew court, it was something fine. That's all. Yeah, so the courts came after him again, huh. and wow. he was convicted for a second time, and now he's in, in prison <laughs> for, yeah... That's Boris Becker, who two or you know, three years, yeah, was yeah. world champion. Yeah, yeah. tennis. tennis yes. I saw him play a number of times. That's crazy. Well, all right, uh, music news time. Here we go. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on ninety three three WMMR. I brought you this morning by SEPTA. Day or night, SEPTA is the Philly way to go into, out of, and all around the city. Plan your trip at iSEPTAPhilly.com. Fresh off their North American Stadium tour, Molly Crew, excuse me, and Def Leppard are pairing off uh, next year's set. Uh, 
What is this? Are pairing off next year's a set for a what 28 date South American what? what the hell does that mean? I think they it's supposed to say are pairing up what? for next year's set for a 28-day South American and European trek dubbed dub the World Tour. Uh, the news comes on the heels of the massive success of North America's, North America's stadium tour uh, with underbill performers Poison and Joan Jett and the Heartbreakers. But uh, long road. they're not going along. It's uh, Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Uh, it's the Long Road Tour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, oh, wow. So the new tour. It, <laughs> you guys. What? That's what I was planning on oh. doing. There's a reason why I went with the piano. That's perfect. Yeah. It worked out. It's beautiful. Uh, they're all over the world, everywhere but the U.S., so it doesn't really matter. I don't even know why I brought that story up in the first yeah. place. Sorry, let's it's actually an insult to Marissa. Blank, blank 182's Edging. We just played it a little while ago. Yeah. Marks the highest debut on Billboard's Rock and Alternative Airplay chart in over eight years. Wow. The band's reunion. The band's reunion single with Tom DeLonge. <laughs> what? Uh, has debuted at number two. And uh, according to Billboard, just eight songs have been debuted. Uh, eight, Just eight songs have debuted in the top two of rock and alternative airplay in the charge 13-year history. Just eight songs. Okay. The copy they're writing is horrible. Uh, the last uh, was uh, Black Keys Fever, which bowed at number two and on the uh, tally dated April 12, 2014. Okay, I see. No songs have debuted at number okay. two. All right. I feel like the prep that you get pressed, I, um, I think they're doing voice-to-text. Maybe they are. Oh. Uh, because you had one yesterday where it was boss yeah. instead of... <laughs> <laughs> I had that turned down. I'm sorry. That's you. all right. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the. Oh, uh, who's the uh, Gus Van Zant? Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. it was Gus Van Zant. Yeah. And I was like, how do you even make that mistake? Well, the B and the V are next to each other. Oh, in the okay, keyboard. maybe that's what it is. Yeah, or voice to text. Yeah, voice to text is good too. 311's Nick Hexum and Chad Sexton have opened up about the status of the band. According to Billboard, Hexum said, uh, "We've had some." Really good talks and discussions lately. We're excited about the next chapter, Peanut included. So back in May, founding member Peanut tweeted that he was planning on taking a break from the band. <laughs> He's taking a break, Case. <laughs> Think it'll take a while to get back? Uh, and I have no idea where I am. So he said, planning on taking a break from the band after I fulfill my obligations. <laughs> Which extended to 2023 and slightly beyond. So, Hexum says that things are better now. He said that the band members have had some really good conversations uh, lately about getting back on track. And he said, you know, we're looking forward to the future. Again, I think uh, breaks are healthy. And we have had a fairly intense touring schedule. Everything feels pretty well on track. And, Steve, I saved this last uh, news item because I have a little mention here to do at the end. Uh, for you, BTS's Jin ah! has announced that he will debut his solo single, The Astronaut, at a Coldplay concert. Yeah, they're uh, buddies. Uh, it takes place. Him and Chris Martin are buddies, yeah. huh? They played through the song together, right? Yeah. Uh, October 28th in Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina. Uh, the show itself will not be live streamed, but the video of the performance will be uploaded immediately after the show. Uh, the song, which features Coldplay on the recording, will also be released that day to the public. Now, the word is still that they're going through some legal wranglings, the boys of BTS, uh, in their uh, uh, South Korean home. 
because they, everyone there has to do uh, military, military time. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And, and they're trying they, to figure out what to do with these guys. And I think you have to serve two years, something like that. I think that's it. Now, so apparently, um, the uh, military is entertaining the notion of uh, starting a boy band division. Ah, okay. <laughs> boy band battalion. Right, so that they can yeah. keep them doing what they're doing yeah. and just say it's military service. All right, and then one last thing. Nick, did you need? Well, there's something that we forgot to do today, and I just wanted to bring it up. Well, let me do this first, and then then you can tell us what we forgot to do. Uh, So this was an email I got from Marianne Smithwood. She says, hey, Preston, I'm a big fan of your show. I listen every morning on the way to work. I'm also Michael Kelly Smith of Brittany Fox's sister-in-law. And I know you sometimes include local celebrities in your birthday list each morning. I was wondering if you could add Mike's on Friday the 21st. It would be greatly appreciated by my whole family. Oh, is this girl's school? Yeah. All right. That, um... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm looking for the entrance to the Britney Fox concert. <laughs> Don't tell me it's over. Do I miss Kip Winger? Nothing's over. Nothing's over. Yeah. Uh, but she said, thanks for making my hour-long ride to work each day so amusing. You guys are the best. That is from Marianne Smithwood. And, yes, yeah, so we want to wish a happy birthday to... Uh, Michael Kelly Smith of Britney Fox. That's great. And they were a, a local band yeah. in this area. So, uh, happy birthday to... They didn't do any Chili Dog commercials, did they? You, sir? No, that was, uh, that was just Cinderella. But they would have been of that era. Yep. I think Cinderella beat them to the punch for Pat's Chili Dogs. But... All right, with that, let us take a break. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, yeah, Nick, sorry. Casey, stop the, uh, the music. Stop the music! The, right, the bed up there. On Wednesday and on Thursday, we were successfully able to mention Colonel Sanders' chicken. Oh! oh we forgot oh. to do that today, and we thought maybe we would do connoisseur. We didn't do connoisseur. We just yes. did it. Yes, yeah, so Colonel Sanders' chicken has been mentioned on Friday. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> By the way, my son is going bonkers over, uh, it might be like their honey barbecue Their honey um, bonkers, strips. which mm. are chicken testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Are they good? Wait a he minute. loves them. Hang on, I want to. I want to go the calls. Hey, Raymond, are you there? Yes, I am. Did you call in to talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> yeah, that. Yes, that's one of the things. Yes. What was the other thing? That I just won a thousand dollars. You sick son of a bitch! I don't know why I yelled that, but I felt like it. Uh, yeah, Raymond, that is awesome. Congratulations, man. A grand from Yuhulu. Tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from, sir? Uh, Shamong, New Jersey. Shamong! Get out of here. You can go buy Piccalilli and get a $1,000 worth of wings That's now. right. Yeah, that's a lot of wings. I could use them for the World Series when the Phillies are in the World Series. Yes. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yes. yes. So, but that's yeah. a good use. We got a game today. You've got uh, you got 1000 bucks in your pocket. Life is good, right, brother? Uh, life is great. Excellent. Yes. All right. Well, congratulations. Congratulations to you, Raymond. We are happy to give you $1,000. Our friends at Horizon Services, sponsor of You Who Loot. Let's hear it for Raymond, everybody. Have a great weekend, Raymond. Thank you. All right, we'll get his information in there. Or his information? <laughs> his information? <laughs> We're so close. There's the finish line. I, th- I, think my, I think my mouth already went home. <laughs> my mouth is asleep. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. And don't forget that uh, there is more money to be given away with Mr. Pierre Robert. What are you doing? You're not letting me eject it first. I have to press stop. If I hit the next button, it. it'll start the okay. next. Boys? <laughs> like, we restarted Money Talks like four times there. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, we'll it's be a back. long road, Yep, yeah, it is a long, long road. It's <laughs> a long road. We'll be back in a moment, Steve. <laughs> Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD too. The MMR Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Friday morning. Uh, we are going to be wrapping the whole shebang up here uh, in mere moments. And with that will be a prize that we give away. We've uh, we've given a bunch of things away this morning. I'd like to thank Lorenzo's and Sons yeah. uh, for getting us lots of uh, pizza goods to give away for their location in uh, Westchester. Good to see our very good friend Giuseppe as he brought in. Uh, one of the, you know, a couple of the gigantic pies, but at Westchester, they also have the smaller ones, and you can get different sizes there. Right. Creation. If you're not feeding a, uh, a buffalo, yep. you can go for one of those. Yep. But there's something about his sauce. I know. It's. Um, I love it. It's just unparalleled. He's got the sauce. Uh, so they're at 27 North High Street in Westchester. You can go to Lorenzo'sWestchester.com, and they'll be back at the Camp Out for Hunger uh, to uh, feed you. Uh, if you come and see us, it'll be our 25th anniversary. Uh, I have some other thank yous to do, but you wanted to mention something first. Yes, uh, my friend, uh, Dr. David Lee at uh, UPenn is, uh, would like me to, and I'm only too happy to get uh, information out about focus on prostate cancer. As you know, I'm a prostate cancer survivor since 2014 and doing great. You have every reason to be optimistic about your, you know, what you're dealing with. Um, and there's just incredible innovations and things that are taking place. And so today there is a virtual focus on prostate cancer. Uh, you can register now. I, I sent the link to you, Nick, and if you can pop it up. Yep, that'd be it's great. on the uh, community page right now. Right. And so there's a whole bunch of things going on throughout the day. Uh, we happen to be blessed to live in an area where there's whole uh, tremendous hospitals. And uh, and uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Mike and Dr. David Lee. Uh, 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 yes, yes. Or Daniel Lee? <laughs> Daniel David. Daniel and David Lee both are prostate doctors. Uh, the, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, um, anyway. Which one did your prostatectomy and which one did my cystoscopy? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. It might have been another Lee. L- long story short, <laughs> all the Lees over there are yes. so talented. Uh, <laughs> but all you need to know is that the information that's available and the innovations that are occurring right here in the treatment of prostate cancer are really, really wonderful and encouraging. So check it out. You can register for it, um, you know, right now, and it'll be going on throughout the day. Please avail yourself of it if you can. Uh, thank you to Kelly Ripa, who right was on the show this morning. Uh, her book is Live Wire. It's available now on Amazon and everywhere you get books. And she was excited to mention that she's going to join us again for the Camp Out for Hunger and give us a nice little plug on uh, Regis and uh, Ryan. So uh, we appreciate that. And also thank you to another Ryan, Ryan Johnson, the director. Yes. Was in to talk about uh, Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery, which uh, there's a screening tonight at the Philly Film Festival. Uh, tickets available at filmadelphia.org, and then it's going to be out uh, in theaters around Thanksgiving, and then it will be uh, available on Netflix in December. But he's I, great. He's awesome, and I think, honestly, we have some high-powered directors yep. that are attached that actually like us or at least pretend they like us very effectively <laughs> yep. uh, and so you know i think we're getting closer to that 
Preston and Steve movie. The movie. Oh. Uh, featuring a, so. a tour de force yeah. performance by Pierre Robert as yes. himself. Yes. I'm going to play Preston. You're going to play me? <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm yeah. honored. Yeah, I, uh, we're so alike. Yeah. Well, then, no. then Jackie should play me because it's obvious. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We got it covered. <laughs> uh, I would also like to thank Eddie Alvarez for being on the show hey! this morning. He's going to be uh, part of a watch party at the same place, Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook uh, tomorrow. It's in the afternoon, a little bit before 2 o'clock. He said he's going to get there. So if you want to stop by Parks, hang out with him, watch the fights, uh, be able to talk to, you know, on the level of someone who knows what it's like in the ring. Yes. Uh, it's a pretty cool opportunity to help you out with, uh, with your betting picks, too. So uh, Pierre is indeed here. Uh, you ready to do the letter? May the fence be with you. Here we go. Preston and Steve <laughs> on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. N is in nothing. Nothing. Uh, you'll have nothing. Nothing in is over. Nothing. All right. We'll take call number 8 at 215-263-WMMR, and we will see if you indeed know the word and uh, can indeed Win the prize. Uh, while we're waiting for that call, you want to tell us what's happening today? I would love to. We'll oh. have you who loot opportunities at noon and again at 3. Uh, we will also have uh, some cool workforce blocks. Dropkick, uh, Dropkick Murphys are in Caesars, Atlantic City tomorrow. So we'll start the blocks with that. Uh, then we will get to Jane's Addiction, and we will be joined somewhere in the noon hour, I think on the earlier side, uh, by Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Jane's Addiction uh, and Smashing Pumpkins and Poppy will open the show tonight at the Big Joint. Uh, I think some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com, and Billy will be in, although if you're going to that... Uh, we allow extra time because yes. of the ball game. Yes. Uh, and but Temple football. Oh, that's down there, too? There's three things in the sports oh, complex. Oh, yeah, so my God. There's the concert, there's Temple football, and then 45,000 people go to a ball game. So, oh, my God. Yeah, take mass transit if you can, or if not, get there early. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Except is adding extra trains, which they're really good about, oh, cool. and uh, they've been pretty good about not waiting too long. Good. So, and there's a black um, party down there, so it's going to be a party. Yeah, it'll be quite festive down there. And uh, Billy, Billy, the Pumpkins have this amazingly ambitious project. It's a three-act, um, it's, it's a rock opera in three acts. And Act 1, it's got 11 songs on it. Act 2, 11 songs. But they're 11 weeks apart. Each of them will be released. Oh, my God. 33 songs. Uh, it's fascinating. And uh, he's a fascinating guy. I can't wait to see him. He again. just writes and writes and writes and yeah. writes. I mean, he just... Some people are blessed with that. Like, the um, you know, the Peppers had this abundance yeah. of music. And they had two 17-song double albums in one year, three months apart. So, you know, Weezer is one of those bands that just churns out stuff. Collective Souls, similar. Jack White. Jack White. Yeah. Um, some artists are just gifted with this um, abundance of music that pours through them. He's such uh, an eclectic guy, too. Like, he's into he's into wrestling. Right. He's into, you know, uh, like, he's a pop culture sponge. Right. And you think, oh, well, he must be this real trippy, uh, you know, leave me in the dark, I need to think. No, he's he's really, um, he's got all these things firing at once, you yeah. know, in that brain. Fascinating guy. A very, down, very nice guy, actually, down to earth. So, I can't wait to see him again. I never knew until the the Rush uh, documentary um, Beyond the Lightest Stage came out. He was prominently featured in that as a comment, uh, commenting on about the band. He just loved Rush. And I was like, I had no idea. Never would have pegged him to be a fan either. He's had a... He's a, really interesting. Yeah, amazing connections with other artists. He inducted Pink Floyd into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. And got to play with them on Wish You Were There. You know, I mean, he... 
saying uh, at David Bowie's birthday party, David Bowie's 50th birthday party was one of uh, a number of people singing to David Bowie wow. and along with David Bowie. I mean, he's had some really pretty amazing experiences. Yeah, excellent. It should be a cool conversation today. All right, we are looking for caller number eight, and Brian is caller number eight. Hey, Brian. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. All right, what's the word of the week, Brian? Begin. Great yeah. day in the morning. That is correct, Brian. All right, buddy. We got something that's going to spruce up your backyard quite a bit. We have a Pie Zeke round barbecue and fire pit kit from Landis Block. All right, pal? Thank you. Yep. Hang on the line. We'll take care of you. Don't forget, you can start imagining your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery online at LandisBC.com. Uh, let's see. Let me thank our sponsors. President Steve Show brought to you today by Duncan. The President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and also brought to you by Trinity Rehab. Locations all over and now opening King of Prussia. Uh, trinity-rehab.com. Uh, next week on the program, we're working on some stuff, but for now, we do have lined up uh, comedian Akash Singh will be here. Hmm. Uh, true crime investigator Sarah Kayleen will be joining us. Uh, we'll also have, of course, more you loot and more prizes to give away. That's it. We are done. Ray John, have a great weekend. I leave you with two words. Go Phil. <laughs> Go f*** yourself, San Diego.